have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order, a world where the rule of law, not the law of the jungle, governs the conduct of nations. When we are successful, and we will be, we have a real chance at this new world order, an order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise and vision of the UN's founders. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. It is Tuesday, May the 27th. You are listening to the Animal Farm. My name is Ben Miller, and I'm chilling here with my message voice multipliers, Tony Pax. Hello, Ben. And Pyeth, our third host who speaks through sound clips. Hello. We've got a swell show for everybody tonight. We've got a lot of news, a lot of analysis, and your phone calls. Straight ahead, you are on the farm. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. You're listening to the Animal Farm Radio Show on We the People's Radio Network. Visit us on the web at animalfarmshow.com. Give us a call at 888-202-1984. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Animal Farm. We're going to start you right off like we always do with the crazy, the funny, the unbelievable, the wacky, the good stuff. This one coming out of the UK. One unlucky British teen suffered a painful shark attack without ever going near the water. In fact, he was bitten in the face by one of the sharp fanged animals in his own bedroom. Metro.uk.co reported the attack. This is terrible. And I can relate because I was a big time shark fan when I was a young kid. But the attack happened at 14-year-old Sam Hawthorne's home in Dudley, England, or Dudley, England. Hawthorne was sleepwalking when the teeth of a dead souvenir shark from a family vacation that hangs on the wall of his nautical-themed bedroom became embedded in his face. <laughs> oh, man. Let's talk about bad luck. The teeth left blood pouring from the teen's face, his mother Susan told the Metro.co.uk. It was like something out of a horror film, she said. The shark must have been embedded in Sam's cheek for about 15 minutes. And he was in a lot of pain. In the end, Hawthorne came away with only a small scar. It was the most frightening experience of my life, he told Metro.com. So, wow. I mean, talk about bad luck. Uh, I'm sure you, uh, you're smiling, Ben. I'm sure you have a couple funnies, but I have one more. I actually have two more. But uh, Louisiana Barber was ticketed for working on Sunday and Monday. Check this out. This is a definite Charles Ratner, uh, Laura Lai thing. Unfortunately, now that we're covering it, he won't do it. But uh, Huma, uh, Louisiana 
Police in this town wouldn't cut a break for Barber, who ran afoul of an obscure law barring him from working Sundays and Mondays. Clyde Scott had opened his shop May 19th just to trim a few students uh, getting ready for their graduation ceremony when an officer gave him a citation. A law on the books and Huma for decades bars barbers, bars barbers from working Sundays, Mondays, any of several holidays, and even the day after Labor Day, Ben. <laughs> I didn't, that's ridiculous. I didn't know it existed, said Scott, uh, age 32, who has owned Clippa's Barbershop for about two years. It's crazy, he said. Parish Council Clark Paul Labatt said he didn't know exactly how long the law has been on the books, but that it dates to the years before the parish and city governments merge in 1981. So you wow. can't be a barber and work on Sundays and Mondays because, you know, I'm not sure how that law came to be. I'd be very interested to find out, but that definitely would be a Charles Ratner candidate, I think. Wow. Uh, we will uh, not. It's in the UK, right? Uh, no, this is Louisiana. Oh wow! Um, yeah, no, the, the other, the, other the, the shark attack happened in, in the UK. Okay. Uh, okay. But this was in the Louisiana, and, and you know, I'm actually curious. No Laura live tonight, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, next week we'll be doing it, but I gotta definitely send this one to Charles. He'll love it. Absolutely. So remember to call in, folks. Five one two six four six nineteen eighty four. If you want to reach us, that's five one two six four six nineteen eighty four. If you don't want to call in, feel free to drop us instant messages at AOL screen name Animal Farm Show, all one word. I have a very, uh, it's a sad story. It's almost a ridiculous story. Okay. Because it's so ridiculous, but it's it's so sad that I was literally almost crying today reading oh, it. No. I hate when that happens. Yeah, it's it's, it's very sad and it's uh, very sad. Public Damn school sad. teacher, students vote autistic kid out of class. Oh God. Shut yeah. up. Melissa Barton said she is considering legal, legal action after her son's kindergarten teacher led his classmates to vote him out of class. After each classmate was allowed to say what they didn't like about Barton's five-year-old son, Alex, his Morningside Elementary teacher, Wendy Portillo, said they were going to take a vote, Barton said. By a 14-2 margin, the students voted Alex, who is in the process of being diagnosed with autism, out of the class. Melissa Barton filed a complaint with Morningstar School Resource Officer who investigated the matter. Point State Port uh, St. Lucie Department spokesman Michelle Steele said but the state attorney offices concluded the matter did not meet the criteria for emotional child abuse, so no criminal charges will be filed, Steele says. Uh, Port St. Louis uh, police are no longer investigating, but police officials are documenting the complaint. Steele said the teacher confirmed the incident took place. Um, Steele said the boy had been sent to the principal's office because of his discipline, uh, disciplinary issues. Turns out he had Asperger's, I guess, and that's, and, and for those of you that don't know what Asperger's is, I guess, uh, from my understanding, it makes you very, uh, socially unacceptable. It okay. kind of turns you into an ass, I guess, a, a jerk. <laughs> How you appropriate know? with the name. I guess. <laughs> Asperger it turns, turns you into, ass. it kind of turns you into a jerk and an antisocial person that can't really get along with people. And I, guess I guess it is was, similar to autism in that way, then. Yeah, so. Autism can do that. Yeah, so I guess his, uh, I guess maybe. What was the teacher, teacher didn't thinking? Know, I don't know. She didn't know how to deal with it or something, or she didn't mm-hmm. think that he had really had a pro- I, I don't know. I can't justify stupidity like that. Uh, it's incredible. It's, it's not nice girl, but about as sharp as a sack of wet mud. <laughs> yeah, I'll let imagine, we all know. Just imagine, though, that the, being a kid, you go into this world, you're so insecure in this world yeah. as it is. You go to kindergarten, you meet all these. I remember my first day of kindergarten oh very well. Do you really? Yeah, I, I do. I, I kind of do, too. And I, was, I was scared crapless, <laughs> you know, to meet all these kids and stuff like that. And then when you have a... You wussy. <laughs> sorry. I was, a, I was a child. I was confused, and I didn't know what was up with the world. I would have I would have bullied you, Ben. They, <laughs> they didn't vote me out of the class, you know? I mean, it's... it's no, I know. Listen, school is, is difficult for everybody, even the, you know, the elite alpha male, uh, you know, uh, 
athlete type people. It's difficult. Everybody knows. I mean, most people have been to this school, so that is uh, that's strange. And so I, they go through and they they and they vote him. They <laughs> vote him out. They, not only do they do that, but they talk about how much they don't like him before they vote him out of this class. That's ridiculous. Um, this kid, this kid is you know uh, was really really sad. Went home and well, of obviously course. started crying and and dramatic. You know, started going in his bedroom. His mother had heard him say, "I'm not special. I'm not oh, special." Man. Over and over again. That was really, really just sad. And that leads to a lot worse, worse things. Obviously, you know, yeah. the kid, it, it affects the kid that much. I can't understand how a teacher could actually do that—a roundtable vote or a class vote against. I, maybe she was trying to teach him democracy. I, I don't know. Well, I, don't, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's something that we we certainly don't have enough information to to speak upon. But it does sound ridiculous on the surface. Uh, shifting gears here, this is something that it's riddling for all of you. Yeah, equally serious. <laughs> uh, but for more people, I would say FAA investigating after a pilot claims a rocket shot past the airplane. This is out of Houston. I'm sure folks in Texas can maybe tell us some more things about this. But it, it came out uh, today. Federal officials said they are investigating a report from a Continental Airlines pilot who told air traffic controllers he was startled to see what looked like a model rocket with a flaming tail shoot past his cockpit window shortly after takeoff. <laughs> what? He said, we don't know for sure what the object was, but we think it might be some uh, might be somebody doing model rocketing. This is actually an FAA spokesperson. I apologize. Ronald uh, or Roland Herwig. He told the uh, Houston Chronicle of this on Monday. The pilot saw the rocket, and some people saw the rocket's trail. I mean, this is oh, legit. Wow. Um, the FAA, cool. which is investigating the incident with the FBI, said it is unclear how close the rocket came to the plane Monday morning. So it happened on Monday. Another error on my part, Herwick said. Uh, the pilot spotted the object flying at 5,000 feet shortly after takeoff from George Bush Intercontinental Airport in Houston. There's a friggin' airport named out of him? Oh, excuse my ignorance. Folks. We're from New York. but. Wow. I can't believe they named an airport out of him. Anyway, flight uh, 1544 continued its trip from Houston to Cleveland after reporting the object to air traffic controllers. Scott Wilson, a spokesperson for the FBI's Cleveland office, told the plane dealer that uh, the plane wasn't in danger and landed safely. So, you know, just some, one of those things where, you know, we all hear these stories coming out of JFK and other airports across the, uh, the United States about, you know, near misses and near hits on the runway, and now you have to worry about rockets. So, well. I'm just wondering what the hell this was. I, I thought it'd be worth mentioning to you, you good folks out there. But once again, like Ben says, five one two six four six nineteen eighty four. Looking forward to hearing from you tonight. You can visit us on the web at animalfarmshow.com and instant message us, message, message, message us at AOL <laughs> Animal Farm Show one word. And um, once again, great job. Still getting the emails and, and just a shout out once again, Danny M, who's been doing a hell of a job. Danny M might as well be a part of the Animal Farm because he's been emailing us. Some great stories, great articles, and uh, very interesting little tidbits that throughout the course of today's show, Ben, we will be talking about. So once again, Dan, yep. thank you so much. I, we really do appreciate the effort. Yeah, great, great thank stuff. Thank you. Um, yes. Article, ABC website tells kids when they should die. I don't know if you took a <laughs> took a look at this. This is, um, I'll, 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 oh my, I'll give you the screenshot. I did not hear about this, Ben. I'm sorry I'll for laughing. I'll give you the screenshot. It's, 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 it's horrible. Uh, an ABC website has been accused of portraying farmers and forestry workers as evil and telling kids how much carbon they could produce before they die. The Planet Slayer website, which can be accessed via the science uh, section on the ABC homepage, also demonizes people who eat meat and those involved in the nuclear industry. Nuclear. Uh-oh. A, a, Senate, a Senate estimate committee heard. The site has several features, including a cartoon series, Adventures of Greena, and a tool called Professor Spinky's Greenhouse Calculator to help kids work out their carbon, carbon footprint. And somebody took a screen grab of this uh, <laughs> of this calculator, I guess it's called, and it is 
Uh, it is bizarre. It is bizarre. It says in the top left, based on the emissions from your greenhouse usage, you used up your share of the planet by the time you were 1.2 years old. Oh, God. Um, and then it shows, a, it shows a pen of uh, of pigs, uh, a big pig and a small pig, and then in the middle there's a, just a ton of blood. No. Blood splattered <laughs> all over the pig, and it says you should die at the age of 1.2 years old. You've got to be kidding so, me. So basically they're... they're uh, Comparing us to animals and saying that we should be slaughtered when we get a certain age. What's this website again, Ben? It's uh, abc.com. I believe it's uh, an Australia uh, branch of ABC. This is awful! Really, really crazy. Once again, they're kind of teaching our kids this indoctrination, this anti-humanism that we see a lot in a lot of... uh, modern-day cartoons and things of that fashion. Not to be a paranoid uh, person that's out there. And the media is trying to kill, but yeah, honestly, there's. if you've ever seen a, a movie like Happy Feet, wow, man, that that was uh, that was pretty stunning. That one I have to see, Ben. The I... kind of evil humans are involved in everything, and the United Nations is going <laughs> to come save us and things like that. And it's, uh, it's a pretty, pretty cool it's, There's so much to talk about with this issue, and I, I know that I want, I want to do a show or several shows on this issue because I know that Charles Ratner, our legal correspondent, he uh, is very knowledgeable in this field of global warming. And I know there's a lot of opposition. There's so many different conflicting views on what's really going on. But yeah. the one thing for me, and, and forgive me for not having a lot of knowledge on this particular subject, the one thing that just uh, makes me scratch my head is just the way in which our government and the media is going by this whole movement. Mm-hmm. Um, just the whole indoctrination, like you were saying, Ben. You know, yeah, and I have you know, every time I look at news, there's always this crazy stuff. Oh, this is an, out of Reuters. Obesity contributes to global warming. A new study. Obesity contributes to global warming too. Obese and overweight people require more fuel to transport them and they food and the food they eat. And the problem will worsen as the population literally swells in size. You know, this is a, a London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine came out with this study, and it's like. This this is getting to the point where this is ridiculous. I mean, not not that the problem is isn't real. That's that's for you folks to debate and certainly give us a ring and let us know. But just the way in which we're going about trying to make some of these changes is just nuts. Uh, given the yeah. fact that so much, you know, just look at what's going on with the war. I mean, how much fuel is used for war alone, mm-hmm. and how much damage we're doing with the chemicals we're using in our, in our explosives and ammunition. So I just, for me, I just f- I find hypocrisy. And on a lighter note, though, the uh, Flintstones, Ben, were arrested. Uh, this is in Brussels. Oh, good. Those bastards needed to the, get arrested. The Flintstones, yes. Fred and Wilma Flintstone. Not were, a big were, fan of them. Well, I, I tell you, Ben, I disagree. I was a very big fan of the Flintstones when I was young. Them and the Jetsons, but we'll get to that later. Uh, I just don't know how they packed the studio audience into a cartoon that series. Was, that was, that's a good point. I never thought of that. And their feet had to have been strong, <laughs> well, you know, for the car and everything. But Fred and Wilma Flintstone <laughs> were arrested as they approached the European Parliament on Monday to protest about the influence of the auto industry on proposals to curb carbon dioxide emissions from cars. Six Greenpeace activists dressed as cavemen and traveling in a Flintstone-style vehicle. <laughs> i got to see that. Were detained along with three others oh, for public man. order offenses. Police said a stone tablet accusing car lobbyists, <laughs> these people are creative, of driving. <laughs> yeah. The, the tablet here was accusing car lobbyists of driving climate change was confiscated before it could be delivered to lawmakers, a Greenpeace spokeswoman said. Uh, the European Parliament will, uh, will this week start debating legislation to force down CO2 emissions from cars with fines on manufacturers that fail to comply. And I, in fact, Ben, i got to dig it up. I, I was going to talk about the story last week, but now I think San Francisco now is the first. Uh, city that is thinking of actually taxing businesses for their carbon emissions and, and look you know maybe, no! maybe it's real maybe it's not but i i smell something very fishy with the whole situation especially given there's so many other problems i think 
honestly, that are more important. And certainly, folks, give us your thoughts. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that have very strong views out there, 512-646-1984. And again, Ben, I want to have a show. I want to have a show where we have an actual legitimate uh, progressive debate on this. Maybe we can get Charles and some other expert from the field out there, and any recommendations are more than welcome. Let's get two people on both sides of the fence here, one that believes that, uh, you know, at least 80%, if not more, of this whole climate change is because of our SUVs, and on the other side of the debate where people think it's the sun or uh, other factors. But just the way in which the government's going by this, I, I, I just don't find it to be credible. And, and again, I have to read more up on it. I have a couple books, and I will do that. And then we have to have this debate. Now. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm very go. skeptical. Uh, when we get back, uh, I want to pose a question to everybody. Very important question. Maybe not so important to some, but uh, pretty no. important to me. So when we get back, I'll pose that question. Number to reach us, 512-646-1984. You on the farm. Stay tuned. Greetings, I am Dr. Buell Bonshite with the White Paper Chronicles. Mr. Steve Shank with this fearless radio program is correct when he says the solution to our difficult times is to store food and get healthy. My comrades and I of the media don't want you to panic. We, unlike fearless radio, try not to tell you about the food control legislation. Hurricane Katrina, the American famine, families unable to buy food. If we told you the solution to all these problems is food, you'd panic and run out and buy a food before it disappeared, or you couldn't afford it. You'd completely mess up the perfect strategy for population control, and they'd kick us out of the Survivors Club. You are a sissy chicken if you call JMSEFoodsDirect.com and order food. This is Steve. Call 800-409-5633 on the web eFoodsDirect.com. 800-409-5633. You'll be considered a little bit crazy, but there's no such thing as a little bit dead. Everyone knows how the 9-11 disaster touched them directly. On May 11, 2008, every American citizen will begin the slow road to a national identity crisis. Every citizen, young and older, facing the Real ID federal mandate. After 5-11 this year, you will endure the indignities of TSA checkpoints at airports with demands for adequate IDs. Imagine one year from now being barred from entering a postal office or other federal building if you don't have your passport or Real ID. Since when have you ever needed a passport to fly from one city to the next in the U.S.? If Real ID prevails, you risk being cast as a terrorist if you can't provide an ID with a biometric face scan. Trusting motor vehicles authorities may be a thing of the past. If they put your personal information up for sale to those willing to buy your name, your address, your picture, or anything else ascribed to your driver's license. Your information will be funneled into an insecure centralized database where hackers and identity thieves can prey on you and your information. Worst of all, the federal government demands that you and your state pay to implement Real ID. The multi-billion dollar implementation stands to double the cost of your local IDs. It may not stop there. This federal mandate may take from other social program funding, like education, public arts, and other state-funded programs. Digimark, L1 Technologies, Veritech, and other Department of Homeland Security contractors walk away with a huge paid contract. What will you have? They promise freedom through security. If a hacker can walk off with your virtual driver's license, are you really safe? The 511 campaign is here to support you and your state legislators in a move to block the progress of this unconstitutional act. Please add your voice and actions to stop Real ID in its tracks. Please join the first 511 campaign committee meeting 
Sunday, May 11th at 3 p.m. at Brave New Books to help organize in Austin, Texas. For more information on the 511 campaign and the Real ID, please visit beatthechip.org. Online and on demand, this is We the People Radio Network. Talking about the you know the debate here with climate change and it obviously is a humongous debate. It's a big issue. Uh, the weather is changing. All the debate surrounding it and there's you know for me Ben like I said before uh, you know we had break there. It, just the way the government's going about doing changes or trying to come up with solutions. Uh, I'm not digging it too much. A lot of it's just taxing us. Another way to tax us on more things. You know, tax the car, tax businesses. San Francisco now, I think, mm-hmm. is looking at the taxing businesses for their carbon footprint. And the other thing that doesn't get talked about a lot is weather modification. And I'm, I'm, I also want to once again thank you to Dan for sending this great article here, Weather Warfare. This is uh, Michael Chudovsky. I hope I pronounced that right. I'll read a bit of it. and It's something that I, I agree with 100%. Rarely acknowledged in the debate on global climate change, the world's weather can now be modified as part of a new generation of sophisticated electromagnetic weapons. Both the U.S. and Russia have developed capabilities to manipulate the climate for military use. Environmental modification techniques have been applied by the U.S. military for more than half a century. U.S. mathematician John von Neumann, a liaison with the U.S. Department of Defense, started his research on weather modification in the late 1940s at the height of the Cold War and foresaw forms of climactic warfare as yet unimagined. Uh, this came out of the eco- ecologist.org. The ecologist.org. What does that I mean? mean? Yeah. <laughs> Michael <laughs> Chudowski, Weather Warfare is the name of the article. And that's the other thing, too, Ben. Just, just one of the points I always try to make and, or think about, at least with this debate, before we shift gears again here on the Animal Farm, is, mm-hmm. you know, we have all these, these people freaking out about weather modification. It's getting warmer. And the polar bears are surfing on glaciers and all this stuff. But we have the ability, to some degree... To change weather. Now, do we have the ability to change it to completely uh, get rid of global warming and not have to worry about it as a threat? That's a good question. But it's just another thing that never gets talked about. Mm. And it, it, it really gets to me. It obviously makes me angry because if we're really going to tackle this problem and not just tax people and make more money off of this problem, which is exactly what's going to happen, you watch. Yeah. Um, then I say, I say, let's put the cards on the table. Let's put them on the table and see what we got and see what options we have. And I think we have tremendous options. And the other thing, too, is, you know, all this talk about carbon emissions and, and cars, we know we could be running cars off of something way other than gas or oil or, you know, petroleum-based yeah. stuff. So it, it, it doesn't hold water with me, Ben. We should have had uh, a better car in the 40s. Well, a lot of it comes down to, uh, in the talking point from some, some articles, is uh, the over, overpopulation as if there's such That's a thing. That's the other thing. Um, and also wastefulness. As if there's such a thing. I mean, yes, we are be, we are very wasteful people, but you know, coming from our point of view, you don't have to be wasteful. If we had, you know, renewable energies, there wouldn't be such thing as waste, because right. you wouldn't have to deal with any, you know, you wouldn't be wasting oil. There's not a finite resource of, yeah. of sun. So if you had a solar car or something, there would be no waste going on. So a lot of it oh, is, yeah. is about these people are wasting uh, resources and they're fat slobs and exactly. they're stupid human beings. Let's kill them all and things of that nature well yeah pr- pr- the, the problem uh, primarily comes 
from government. The fact that we don't have the ability to choose our different automobiles because you know, yeah. again, oil companies have to make their profits and we should have cars running off of a lot of other things. And again, I, ta- I talked about the whole thing with Brazil. Uh, you know, Brazil runs off, eth- off of ethanol. Their cars don't run off of gas. They have yeah. ethanol. They produce sugar. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, they can use the ethanol for to, to you know to, for the cars there. So, you know, if, if the if our government, if our country, we had our stuff together, and we really wanted to tackle this problem, we could have made we could make changes tomorrow. We could have made changes ten years ago, twenty, thirty years ago. Uh, obviously, we didn't, yeah. and it's not because oh we're just lazy. It's because of it's because of business. Yeah, essentially. So, yeah. yeah. But switching gears, I want to ask the audience a question that I was. Uh, thinking of asking them before uh, before the break, no! um, and that question is: Do you think Barack Obama will be assassinated? And we talked Obama! about this. Uh, <laughs> Hillary yeah, kind of made a, a little bit of a speech and said Hillary's uh, Hillary's not going to drop out because uh, Robert F. Kennedy was assassinated in June while he was running. <laughs> Therefore, maybe uh, Barack Obama will be assassinated, and she will but, get. But I'm telling you, Tony. Listen, if you win this bet because Barack gets assassinated, I'm going to be pissed. I still win the bet, though. Count. I still no. no I, listen, I know you're right. No, it's gonna, it is going to count. All options are on the table. I know you're right. It is going to count, but I'm going to be like, I'm going to be. you be very upset. <laughs> yeah. And I think the rest. And I won't be upset because I lost the bet. I'll be upset. <laughs> upset because the guy got assassinated. Well, tell people what but, the bet is first. Is where they know. Well, the bet and is clarify. <laughs> and, we, and we've gone over this many times on the air. We've we've uh said this we put ourselves out there i guess uh put our nuts on the table i guess, <laughs> I guess you'd, <laughs> <so. laughs> say is that tony thinks that, that hillary is going to be president and i think that barack is going to be well we uh, said the nomination we said who is going to get the, the democratic nomination well, I we were going for no, 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 no. okay no, we, we never bet against mccain we just said that and this was from the very beginning okay. it was before the first debate uh my my only uh reasoning behind it was that i thought hillary would get it because we're looking at a pattern here we're looking at Bush, Clinton, Bush, Clinton. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought she'd get the nominee, at least to run for president. Um, so, And it looks pretty bad for her, obviously, these days. But, uh, you know, the question remains, why is she staying in? And then these weird comments, maybe weird a comments. Freudian type slip or just a, a slip of the tongue. And then you have a Fox News analyst going this on air and, uh, and, and basically stating that Senator Obama should be assassinated. Here's a clip right here. And it's now we have what uh, some are reading as a suggestion that somebody knock off Os- uh, Osama, um, uh, Obama. Obama. So that's that's just crazy. Then you have that little clip out there. So they're I don't know. It's almost like they're they're setting it up. Maybe it's going to be some white, maybe some white plane or something that's going to go in and, and well, do it. I don't know. That's the last thing I think we need right now uh, for any candidate. Uh, I would never endorse that type of action. That to me would be oh, the only excuse that they would need. And Pi has made a good point uh, during the first break here, where if that happens, then there's mass rioting across the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all they need for their, you know, their martial law state and all the other problems. Absolutely. And you know, there's been a lot of speculation. I think uh, I've heard several theories. One is that Bush wouldn't let the election happen. He'll do something. They'll provoke an attack, maybe mm-hmm. here at home, yep. or possibly. Uh, if they do try to go into Iran, you know, you just never know with this administration how nuts and crazy these people are. The PNAC boys, all the so-called quote-unquote crazies, as, yeah. as they've been described. Um, it, it's, it's scary stuff, Ben, and, and I hope to God that they don't try anything like that. So, I don't know yeah. either. And, you know, I've been kind of a little bit concerned about Barack because of the fact that he is somewhat of a civil libertarian. And he's also anti-war in some fashion. So, yeah. so he's not in front, of the, in front of the right crowd. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not like Ron Paul getting up there where we're like, holy crap, this guy needs to go on on, on the stage with a vest on. You know, yeah. he's he, he's going to get popped by somebody. But uh, Barack, who knows? 
Well, so that is my question posed out there to everybody. You know, what, what are the results of it if that does happen? Um, what does it mean? Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, the other question, too, is, uh, you know... What does that mean? <laughs> the other thing, too, here, Ben, and with this whole situation, is do you think that we're going to see the election? You know, there's a question for the folks listening tonight. Uh, do you no. think that Bush is going to eventually not be our president? Because it just seems like it's been forever. At least in my head, it feels like for 25 years now we've had this, this real big problem, and it is George Bush. Uh, not that anybody replacing him currently in the race would fix this, other than Ron Paul, in my opinion. But there's the other question, too, and just to kind of reiterate here, uh, Bush plan, uh, plans the Iran airstrike by August. This came out of the Asia Times. So take it for what you will, but the George W. Bush administration plans to launch an airstrike against Iran within the next two months, an informed source tells Asia Times Online, echoing other reports that have surfaced in the media in the United States recently. Two key U.S. senators briefed on the attack plan to go public with their opposition to the move, according to the source. But the projected New York Times op-ed piece has yet to appear. I mean, look, we know this administration is just looking for an excuse. They're dying for an excuse with the whole fake boat attack thing a mm-hmm. couple months back, maybe last year. Uh, they're dying to go in there, and they, you know, this is like their next step. But uh, I can't see anybody in this country endorsing that action. I know they've been fear-mongering us for the last uh, seven, eight, nine months hardcore with, you know, Iran's got nukes, this whole argument. But, uh, you know, if they do this, Ben, I don't know, maybe... maybe that would be enough to suspend the elections. I don't know. I just don't know enough about this. So, uh, once again, folks, let us know what you're thinking here. It's scary stuff. And that's the other thing, too. If, if Bush tries anything, if this administration tries anything of the sort to either suspend elections or to do something strange uh, along those lines, but, uh, then it, it's going to be ridiculous. Riots will be rampant because people are sick and tired. Period. And they think they, they, they place most of the blame on Bush anyway. So yeah. yep. uh, I don't want to see that. I really don't want to see that. Me neither. So we'll be back momentarily, folks. You are listening to the Animal Farm on the We the People radio network. Stay tuned. Fabrique Nationale makes a rifle known as the Fusil Automatic Leger, or Light Automatic Rifle, considered to be the right arm of what's left of the free world. If you're familiar with FNFAL, then visit GunPartsGuy.com, an excellent source for parts, accessories, and technical support for all FAL rifles. If you'd like to modify or upgrade your FAL, the Gun Parts Guy has a great selection of new, refinished, and refurbished parts. The Gun Parts Guy doesn't have a federal firearms license, and he doesn't want one, but he is the source for parts and the best FAL kits today. Call James at 360-906-8369 or email GunPartsGuy at Hotmail. You'll be pleased with the personal care and technical support you get from the Gun Parts Guy. That number again, 360-906-8369. Whether you call or visit the website at GunPartsGuy.com, be sure to mention WTPRN to get an additional 10% discount off their already low, low prices. If your body isn't feeling too well these days, you're going to start taking this hemp, I say. Go to HempUSA.org. You may not like what I'm about to say, but you know I'm going to say it anyway. The government doesn't want the best for you. They keep you down. They keep you blue. They starve your body for all its nutrients. They won't let you grow industrial hemp. It really doesn't make any kind of sense when it's so healthy for the world and useful for you, my friends. 
I hope Mr. Bush will hear this song For the heart of America wants this one Go to hempusa.org If you're a truther, an anarchist, or renegade You only want things that God has made Go to hempusa.org We offer free shipping anywhere in the States Go to hempusa.org Government is best, which governs least. Wake up and smell the fascism. Being in government means never having to say you're sorry. What part of unconstitutional do you not understand, George? In today's world full of tyranny and injustice, sometimes it seems the only thing we still have is our freedom of speech. Exercise your freedom of speech by purchasing your choice of hundreds of different Liberty Stickers, from humorous to serious, at libertystickers.com. LibertyStickers.com can even customize your own bumper stickers. It's time to stand up for what you believe. Invest in your freedom. Get your stickers at LibertyStickers.com for your family, friends, and community. Go to LibertyStickers.com or call 877-873-9626. That's 877-873-9626. And express your freedom of speech today. Call 877-873-9626. That's 877-873-9626. It's time to think outside the box with your host, Alex Anzari, from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. Central, every Saturday, right here on We The People Radio Network. Welcome back, folks. You are listening to the Animal Farm on the Weed People Radio Network. The number to reach us, 512-646-1984. That's 512-646-1984. Website is animalfarmshow.com. We want to plug the forums yeah. on animalfarmshow.com because uh, they're great, and they're a great place for people to post articles. They're might to uh, become one with the farm. Become if one. you want to instant message us, it's AOL Instant Message, screen name, Animal Farm show and we've been accused of some things on this show being kind of laughing hyenas uh boys in the <laughs> back of the some... class i guess you could say so, True. <laughs> so I, oh, I guess i should feel bad when laughing at things like this health and safety zealots tell youngster her two-foot padding pool needs a lifeguard oh my goodness i read about I that's not funny well now before, before we go on because i have we, have we have what we call the uk syndrome type subject material and it's obviously something that's going on in the uk that just blows your mind because it's so much more advanced and perverted uh, than stuff that you usually hear in this country regarding police state news and so on and so forth. But just to preface Disgusting. it, yeah, just to preface it, the reason why we talk about it is not to you know bitch out the UK or laugh at them. It's just the idea that things that are happening there are happening here over time. The yes. surveillance state, the cameras, so on and so forth. So go ahead, Ben. So we have a couple of interesting yeah. ones here. Yeah, this is from the, of the UK. For nearly a quarter of a century, Lord A's Maxwell has celebrated the arrival of summer by putting us padding. Uh, pool in the garden. This year, however, her two grandchildren and the children of her neighbors may have to find another way to cool off in the heat. Miss Maxwell's local council has decided that the pool, which is only two feet deep, needs a lifeguard. The 47-year-old divorced mother has, has three has also told she must have insurance before she can inflate the toy outside her house in Portsmouth. The health and safety edict came after she wrote to the city council asking for permission to put a bigger pool in the communal garden outside her home. See, don't ask. Just do it. Well, that's what it is. You know, screwed over. God forbid you should be a person who respects your government. You know, then you get this happens. You get this nanny state thing. But you know what? I mean, look, they please let me do this, and then they go. 
No! Okay, fine, but you have to get insurance. Yeah. You need a lifeguard, you need this and all that. Maybe I'm a homer, but maybe the thing that, that screws with me more, and the reason why it pisses me more off when it happens here is that we're supposed to be the land of the free. So UK never declared themselves land of the free, at least as far as I know. So that's why it hits home with me a little bit more when it happens over here. But again, that's the idea, Ben, is that you know, things that are happening over there that happened years ago are happening here, and just to kind of make it even that much more ridiculous, a teenager age 15 now is facing prosecution for holding a sign labeled Scientology is a cult. 15-year-old facing oh, prosecution for holding up a place card which branded Scientology a cult has appealed for help to fight possible charges. Unbelievable. The unnamed teenager was served the summons by City of London police after taking part in a peaceful demonstration opposite the church's London headquarters on May 10th Demonstrators from the anti-Scientology group Anonymous, which, Ben, you did mention them once on the show, yep. were outside the church's 23-meter um, headquarters near St. Paul Cathedral when the boy was strongly advised, quote, uh, by the police to get rid of the sign which said, Scientology is not a religion, it is a dangerous cult. That's who was on the sign. A policewoman later read him Section yes. 5 of the Public Order Act and strongly advised him to remove the sign. So, hey... Listen, it's happening there, it's happening here. You can't talk, you can't talk, you can't say anything that you want um, for whatever reason. So uh, we're going to go to the phones. Jay in Massachusetts. Jay, you're on the animal farm. Hi, gentlemen. How are you? Doing well, Jay. How about you? Very good, thanks. Been listening to you guys for quite some time now. It's the uh, first time I've called in. I've got to say you have a fantastic radio show. The three of you do an excellent job. All right. Thank, Thank you, you. Thank you. Just wanted to um, just wanted to go back to um, your your comments on Iran for a minute and ask you guys whether or not you think the current run up in oil prices is in any way correlated to the expectation that at some point the current administration is going to go in and either bomb, attack, or invade Iran. I'm just you know you hear a lot in the news about you know the price of oil is being driven by speculators, but you know what what. What percentage of those speculators do you think are speculating on the fact that you know we're we're headed into Iran? I don't know. I mean, it's a good question. It, it is a good question. I I personally uh, I personally don't think, and and I may be going against the grain here, but I personally don't think that uh, George Bush is going to invade Iran before the end of his term. I was reading an interesting article though in regards to the price George of oil uh, that Greg Powell's put out recently. Yeah, great article. Um, great writer. Yeah, great great writer. Um, activist, not so much. A, I guess he could be considered lefty, but not so much a lefty. Uh, more just like a truth teller, and he had talked about plans that he uncovered in 1928 where they literally took a map, circled Iraq, and basically uh, said that we are going to cut off all oil production from Iraq, cause artificial scarcity, and raise the hell out of the prices. And that seems to be what's going on right now. Um, you know, I do think that uh, oil is related to what's happening in Iran right now because you do have um, what was happening with the currency where China uh, threatened to drop our currency or to buy out all our currency in the United States had basically said, no, you're not going to do that, or we're going to bomb the pipeline between Iran and China. And so, so oil definitely does play a big part in it. Um, but, but no, I don't, I don't think we're going to be, um, we're going to be invading in any time in the near future. Yeah, Jay, uh, I, I'm not sure. I, you know, I don't think we're going to invade, but I know that they're looking for an excuse. But Jay, to answer the first question, um, I think it has a lot to do with the anticipation of the Iran thing. But believe it or not. I, 
I just come from the mentality that I think it's a lot more, it has more to do with fascism, the idea that they're just trying to squeeze the people of this country financially as much as possible and get as much out of them. And I'm not trying to cop out here, but I just believe that they're trying to deflate the United States of America as a country, uh, a la the new North American Union, you know, via the whole Trans-Texas Corridor, the whole idea that uh, global government is coming. At least they're trying to put it in. Whether it happens or not, we have yet to see, of course. But the other question you asked, uh, Jay, about the media, what percentage, what was that question? Just, uh, it was, you, you basically answered it, um, Tony, but, um, you know, what, I guess what, what I would say to your, your last comment is, you know, did, did either of you happen to see the consumer confidence numbers that were released today? And, and you know, if not, uh, you know, I can, I can give you a quick overview, but, um, you know, basically the, you know, the American consumer is, is really feeling the pinch right now. Um, you know, the, the, the $600 or $300 rebate checks that were cut don't seem to have had, you know, any impact on consumer sentiment whatsoever. You know, consumers are uh, appear to be of the opinion that, you know, jobs are getting much harder to find. Um, you know, energy prices are, are squeezing family budgets. I, I just don't think times are, are getting any better. And, um, you know, you couple that with um, spiking oil and, and the possibility of an attack on Iran. And, you know, I, I think in my earlier comment I, I used the, the, the word invade and, Probably not the right term. Um, you know, I think what I was alluding to is whether or not the administration is actually going to, you know, attack them via, you know, airstrikes or or uh, other methods, but not not necessarily invade. But curious if you know if, if uh, the three of you happen to see the consumer confidence numbers and the um, the, uh, the 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 case Shiller housing price numbers today. Uh, yeah, it's funny you mention that, Jay, because every single day I wake up and I force myself to put on CNBC just to try to see what the market's doing, and I have a couple, I have a little bit of interest in gold and what it's doing. But yes, I actually did hear the first or second person on the TV today was was talking about how low the consumer confidence levels were, and yeah, I mean I don't think it's any surprise, first of all, that this whole stimulus check that the three hundred dollars or seven hundred dollars would make any real difference, and I can't see most people going to Walmart and buying that new TV. No, I think people are hurting in every single way even people without credit trouble are yes. in serious serious financial yeah. ruin in a lot of ways uh and of course you couple that with the housing market the the, the price of gas we talk about it and, and so many other things along the way so yeah i mean we're being squeezed from every single way well, my understanding you know the the housing prices are right now at their lowest point jay right they that's what that i heard they were, today. they were extremely yeah, low in yeah, sales I... went slightly up in uh, april <laughs> Yeah, I, I think the number or the official statistic was that they were down 15% year over year, which, you know, when you think about that, that's, that's a tremendous amount of money to someone who owns, a, you know, a two or, or $300,000 house. I mean, that, that's significant. Yeah, absolutely. No question about it. And things suck. Yeah, I was actually <laughs> talking to one of, one of my best friends in the world, basically my best friend. Uh, I was talking to him, and we, we, we talk over the years about things, and I'm trying to send him articles here and there, just trying to get him involved and, you know, tell him what's going on. And it's so funny, out of the c complete blue, he calls me, and, and he was initiating a conversation about gas and the, and the whole presidential race. And he eventually asked me, and I can't quote him, but he eventually asked me, you know, why the hell are these prices so high? Of course, he was using more... George Yeah, thank you, George. More descriptive language, which I won't use here on the air. Um, but my answer to him was, hey, I don't really know. And, Jay, I mean, unfortunately, I don't have these answers. I wish I did. I can speculate. I really believe that... 
uh, you know, not to use a Lou Dobbs type term here, but yeah, there's an attack on the middle class, but more importantly, not to polarize, it's the attack on the American people. Mm-hmm. Um, and listen, if you are a very wealthy person, you probably don't really care. You don't really mind paying seven seventy-five dollars uh, to fill up your SUV or $120 in a lot of cases. But look, the price of gas is, is skyrocketing. Yes, oil was down today, but uh, we're talking about $200 a barrel oil now. Yeah. And there's no question, and I was trying to point out, and once again, Jay, thanks so much for the call, uh, but I was trying to point out that there's no reason for us to even be worrying about this. We have oil within this country, and there's so many other technologies that we could be pursuing and to implement, not only to help the environment and to pre- prevent global warming, yes, but also to help the American taxpayer, the American consumer, just the average American. All different types of alternative fuels and different ways to power things. So we're not doing it, and, and that's another question for you folks tonight. But uh, much more to come on the farm. A new little technology here, which we talked about earlier, is inspired therapy may aid injured vets to regrow fingers and whatnot. So we'll talk about that when we get back on the animal farm. Good news coming up. Help, the superfood for you and your family. Hemp has nutritional values that far exceed any known plant. Hemp, used for food, clothing, and shelter since time began. Hemp, this God-given food source is controlled by your government, making it not legal to grow for American people and farmers, but legal to import. Our founding fathers grew hemp because they knew of the benefits it offered. The protein powders, seeds, and oil are available through HempUSA.org. Recommended daily intake of this food source will allow the body to heal itself from many ailments. Loaded with potassium, magnesium, calcium, essential fatty acids, amino acids, and nutrients not available in other plants. Hemp can be stored with a long shelf life as a life-sustaining food source for you and your family. Could this be the government's best-kept secret? Call today at 908-691-2608 and see what the powder, seeds, and oil can do for you. Learn. Help. Shop at HempUSA.org. We do not charge for shipping. That's 908-691-2608 or go to HempUSA.org today. Now you and your friends and family can enjoy the sweetest, cleanest drinking water anytime, even while traveling, camping, at sporting events, or in emergency situations. The Berkey Light removes bacteria, cysts, parasites, and harmful chemicals to below detectable levels. It reduces nitrates and unhealthy minerals like lead and mercury, yet leaves in the nutritional minerals your body needs. The Berkey Light is so powerful, it can purify raw, untreated water from remote sources. The optional PF2 filter even removes fluoride. The Berkey Light has a rechargeable LED lighting system and an elevated base for use in places other than a countertop. To get your Berkey system, please visit We the People Radio Network at WTPRN.com and click the Berkey banner or call 512-646-6444. That's WTPRN.com or call 512-646-6444. Collectors, outdoor enthusiasts. Survivalist. The Army Navy store from your memory as a child is just that, a memory. But there is still one place to find everything from gas masks to ammo cans and find it cheap. MainMilitary.com. Get hard to find objects like real world blankets for under 20 bucks, canteens for just $2, or trioxane fuel for just a dollar a box. M-A-I-N-E Military.com. With free shipping on orders over $100. Not including heavy items. Find surplus items for cheap now. Like 30 caliber cleaning kits for just $2.99 a piece or a dozen for $30. Flare pistols are only $25. 
$25. Want to add a brand new Israeli gas mask to your collection? Kids in adult sizes are just $20. Get G3 mags for just 2 bucks or a military fuel can for only $16. Add a siphon hose for another $7.99. Find it all online at mainmilitary.com. Their website is adding wholesale items all the time, like Uzi mag pouches. Get a dozen for just $36 or Swiss rain ponchos, now for only $42 a dozen. And survival saws are just $60 a dozen. With shipping throughout the world, check out mainmilitary.com. Online and on demand, this is We the People Radio Network. To put the number out there once again, 512-646-1984. If you would like to fast blast us, it is AOL Instant Message Screen Name Animal Farm Show. And we do have uh, a fast blast um, from Paul in Pennsylvania. He says oil prices are just to bring down the middle class and cause riots and increase the criminal justice system business. Yeah. So See, that's is, how I feel. This I, is what I, we were talking about. Paul, I agree with you. I couldn't agree with you more, Paul. That, and, and not that that's the only reason, Ben. I think that's part of it. I, I openly think that there's other, uh, you know, listen, if you're, a, if you're a company and you can put out your product for a dollar and make money or four, you know, 50 uh, per each item, then, yeah, of course you're going to want to make more money every yeah. bit. That's the idea of business. But, you know, there aren't really many... Uh, Oil companies out there, despite what they tell you, they tell you that there's a ton, ton of them out there. Yeah, there really aren't. There's about six or so in the United States. And if you can, if you could collude with each one of those and, <laughs> and kind of t- try to raise the prices, you know, you get right. record oil profits this year. That's why uh, yeah. it's really, it's really, really telling. And I got this article from CNN. That comment says, as gas goes up, driving goes down. March figures really steepest decline in driving since 1942. Uh, compared with last year, drivers have logged 11 billion fewer miles, Department of Transportation yeah. says. Uh, American plans to address, uh, drive less over Memorial Day weekend, AAA reports, and public transportation ridership on rise in part because of gas prices, group says. So, it's Does everything. the word duh mean anything to you? Sure. <laughs> it means a lot, lot, lot. Yeah, no, Paul, I, for the fast place there, I, I, I think that he's on point there, and I think that's definitely the primary reason. Uh, and regardless, the fact of the matter is, yes, we are, you know, getting squeezed here. I mean, I'm literally thinking every day for a couple hours just trying to think about, you know, what am I going to do? I have family here. I have uh, my friends here. Uh, but we have to start thinking right now, meaning me and my family, yeah. immediately have to start thinking. Well, here's the in, thing. In one year, or even, I'm sorry, man, but just, just before the winter comes, yeah. can we afford... Even at this price, or let's let's assume it's six dollars a gallon, or who knows what oil is going to be back then uh, in the future in a gallon. Mm-hmm. Can we afford to heat our home? We have we have oil heat here. No. Can we afford to heat our home? If you can't, year? what are you going to have to it's get a, rid of? Uh, and things of things of that nature. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny because we're we're uh, setting up our satellite station right now in sure. in Fairfield, sure. Connecticut, and. Um, and one of the things was I'm buying equipment to to make sure that it's all set up stuff. And, and one of the things was, do I want to, uh, you know, spend an extra ten ten twenty dollars on on shipping no. and get it here sooner? <laughs> no. But the answer is yes. I did want to do that oh, because really? the amount of gas that it takes me to go down here is oh, is right. You know, it's that less for it for it to get there quicker. That so you, you know, you really right. have to start thinking about things in that way. And I've never had to think about things in that way before. So it's really it's really an interesting dynamic. I mean, you you kind of think about. Oh, you know what would happen if the economy uh, collapsed, and you know where would I get food and right. and things of that nature. And everybody, I, I guess, well, a lot of people that listen to this radio station think about that sure. type of stuff. But when you really get down to the skinny of it, and you're really just trying to 
uh, move different pieces and try to do the most logical thing for your financial situation, it's uh, you really start thinking about things when when the, the worst of things come. So yeah, well, I don't try to doubt myself. Bitch. Yeah, I, I I never try to fall into any category, man. I don't really consider myself anything. Well, I'm not you know a survivalist, and as far as political parties, I don't subscribe to any. I try to be as independent. But you wonder about that? You oh know, yeah, survivalism no. and well, stuff, right? Well, yeah, exactly, and, and that's exactly my point. I mean, at this point in, in the game, if I, if you will, uh, is it not appropriate to start thinking like a survivalist? We have to. I think it's essential, and it, there's no better yeah. time uh, than now to go around now and start. You know, learning more about your neighbors, really start getting involved, try to find out who's around you. Let's just start helping each other out because it's the only people you're going to have if the, you know, you know what, hits the fan. And I'm, hopefully it will never happen. I hope that all of my, the people I talk to, I hope they're all right. I hope everything's just going to get magically get better, but I know better. I'm a, you know, I'm a realist. No. If anything else, I'm a realist, if nothing else. So, um, yeah, I don't know. The, the, the news is getting worse and certainly the situation uh, here in this country is getting worse from almost any aspect. I do have a bit of good news, Ben. Uh, we, we didn't talk too much about veterans tonight. We have a couple of interesting stories about uh, veterans here. This is the good news. We talked about the pixie dust, which regrew a man's finger and his fingernail that one time. Yeah, yeah. That, ben? Yep. This is now being explored, and I'm really glad, and I was hoping to hear more about this, but and, and for a great cause now, San Antonio, Texas. All the great news comes out of Texas. Don't you love it? Last week in an operating room in Texas, a wounded American soldier underwent a history-making procedure that could help him regrow the finger that was lost to a bomb attack in Baghdad, Iraq last year. Army Sergeant Shiloh Harris, I hopefully pronounced that, pronounced that right. Shiloh Harris, doctors applied special formulated powder to what's left of the finger in an effort to do for wounded soldiers what salamanders can do naturally, which is replace missing body parts. This is great. If it sounds like science fiction, the lead surgeon agreed. Uh, but he also says it is, but science fiction eventually becomes true, doesn't it? Asked Dr. Stephen Wolf of Brook Army Medical Center. Harris surgery is part of a major medical study of regenerative medicine being pursued by the Pentagon and several of the nation's top medical facilities, on, including the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center and the Cleveland Clinic. Nearly $250 million has been dedicated to this research. So, it's good news, Ben. I think. Yeah. I think it's good news that it's we. Great um, news and you know wow, man. things. That was awesome. Technology's helping. Yeah, us one here. of the things that they talk about is it, 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 the way that it works. It almost forms a, a microscopic scaffold that helps cell cell yeah. grow and and it's, into the desired uh, thing. And they said it, it, it's worked on earlier experiments. They have taken a uterus out of a dog, ooh, uh, made one in the lab, put it back in, and had puppies. Interesting. Yeah. So they've also regrown a human bladder, implanted it in a person, and it's working as nature intended. You know, just, so this, is, this could be a great, great thing. Yeah, and, and with this good news, my brain works as such. I think about this, and I think, hey, this is, this is great news, technology, this and that. We're doing things we could never do before. It's unprecedented. But uh -huh. I also think, wow, think about how much farther we could have this technology. Think about how much more the technology should be or already is advanced. Uh, but you never know with so much, so much of the big pharma industry controlling everything. You know, just a simple uh, herb or something can, can, can totally undo a disease, but we never know where we're going. And with surgery, hell, we don't, this surgery could be totally advanced. Maybe in less than a year, we could regrow limbs, and that would be a really wonderful thing. That would be but, uh, very My question incredible. is just, you know, are we ever yeah. going to see it that much? So, uh, once, once again, going back to your phones and the legendary Jeffrey, uh, I think he may have been just dropped. Jeffrey in Kentucky, call back. I don't know if he's still there. He will be. But uh, just to keep on this whole idea and priority sake, Paul Craig Roberts, a uh, great, great man and a good writer here, wrote something out of rinf.com. Uh, 
This is how it was dubbed. Mass funding for war while there's poverty at home. And this is, again, more stuff that I try to talk about with people where, you know, all of this war and yet people are dying over here in this country. We have so many issues. But once again, Paul Gray Roberts, the U.S. Senate has voted $165 billion to fund Bush's wars of aggression against Afghanistan and Iraq through next spring. As the U.S. is broke and deep in debt, every one of the $165 billion will have to be borrowed, like always. American consumers are also broke and deep in debt. Their zero saving rate, uh, savings rate means every one of the $165 billion will have to be borrowed from foreigners. The world's only superpower is so broke it can't even finance its own wars. And I'd love Damn to get, the consequences. Yeah, I'd love to get uh, Jeffrey's uh, feedback on this. Jeffrey, can you hear us? Oh, yes, sir. Uh, How are you, sir? That, I was just thinking about that uh, technology you were talking about, regrowing limbs. And it may sound good in theory, but just think what would happen if you're in combat and you lose an arm and they can regrow it back. What do you think they're going to do with you? <laughs> well, obviously, Jeffrey, uh, you're implying that they put you right back on the battlefield, correct? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, Jeffrey, listen, you you know Ben, Pyeth, and I, we we obviously see eye to eye with you. We we agree that this war is, is crazy. I mean, if we were really fighting for our defense and for our security, our nation's security, then fine, that's one thing. But uh, And I'll get into it later on, Jeffrey, but the, the, the stories that are kind of underneath the covers about the, the border issue, but specifically talking about the drug problems, I think I heard a stat 300... Uh, 300,000 tons a year, or 300 tons of, of, of cocaine come from Mexico into the United States every year, and they talk about meth. So there's so many issues. And within this one problem, you have some of the good Mexican police, if you will, good or bad, fighting the, you know, the gangs, and you have so many problems on our side of the border. Mm-hmm. Um, and the question I, would, I wanted to ask Jeffrey here was, you know, don't you think our troops could be defending our country at the southern border and trying to stop these drug cartels from bringing in the unbelievable amounts of drugs? So... What do you think, Jeff? Uh, no, because that's already been proven and documented that our own government runs the drugs. So. Uh, exactly. And, you know, and there, again, therein lies the problem. I mean, we, we have the war on drugs, but uh, obviously it's, it's nothing but uh, the war to keep the drugs coming in. So, yeah, I know it's tongue-in-cheek, Jeffrey, and it was a facetious question, but, you know, it, that's what just kills me about it. I mean, we know what the problems are, and we know that we can fix them really very quickly if we had the organized effort of government and, and the population and the military, but well, you know, some of these uh, drug cartels, these Mexican drug cartels, have put out public state- statements now saying to police, "Join us or die." So they're essentially more powerful than uh, some parts of the government. That oh, there. for at, there. there's no question, Ben. You're 100 percent right. Just listen to this real quick clip. Law enforcement officials here say at least 300 tons of cocaine are sent through Mexico to the United States every year. And Mexico has become the largest foreign supplier of the highly addictive crystal meth to the U.S. Yes, there you go. That's out of CNN, Jeffrey. And you know, I know what's you know what's going on. I know why we're not changing this. I know we're not why we're not fixing this problem because of the money that that there's you know to be made. And of course, Afghanistan we know has a lot of the, the poppy field, and there's a lot of drugs came out of there. Drugs so and alcohol. We sprung back after we had uh, invaded there. Of course, you know, it, it rising is prisons is. here, private prisons here I mean, in the United States. I think that's kind of. I think that's kind of funny is the Taliban almost had it all wiped out before we invaded them and started kicking the hell out of them, so. Yeah, it really, it really does, it really does tell what's happening. Jeffrey, can you hold on? I want to ask you a question when we get back from the break. Yes, sir. All right, folks, you are listening to the Animal Farm and the We the People radio network. If you want to call in, 512-646-1984. We'll be right back.
Did you read this? Chicago just became the murder capital of America. I don't understand. It's been a felony to have a gun since 95. I thought that was supposed to prevent murders, not increase them. Criminals will always find a way to get guns, while the rest of us are just left defenseless. Chicago authorities have seized over 75,000 firearms since 1995. And now, Chicago's murder rate is twice as high as New York City. Tonight, while you're asleep, criminals will be at work. Not in Kennesaw, Georgia. In 1982, our city passed a law requiring every household to have a gun. It terrified the criminals, and our violent crime rate is now 75% below the national average. We sleep well here in Kennesaw. Americans who own guns prevent over a million violent crimes every year and save lives. Get the facts. Visit armedandsecure.org. That's armedandsecure.org. They taxi the hell out of you, then they bring in drugs, and they lock your kids up for using the drugs. Exactly. What a free, wonderful country we live in. Sure. It's awesome. Jeffrey, I wanted to ask you a question. What did you think about the question we posed before about uh, Barack Obama being assassinated? Do you think he will? Do you think uh, there's not a chance in hell? And what would be the ramifications if he did? Um, I don't really know. I don't, I don't like to think about stuff like that because we're already on the verge teetering as it is. And, Agreed, um, Jeffrey. Even if even if it was Fox News is some kind of uh, mainstream candidate way of putting out the information and trying to pimp somebody, it's wrong in their part with that um, co-host saying that we should, you know, kill Osama and Obama, you know? Yeah, but, I mean, the co-host there, I think at that point, the co-host was just kind of speaking off the top of her yeah. head. And, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't understand why people can't get Osama and Obama right, first off, the people on TV. This is, you know, even Mitt Romney <laughs> had that amazing instance where he was talking about uh, Osama, but I, I, I think I did that before once. Um, just yeah, but you drink during the show, Ben. Yeah, that's like, true. You know, so that, <laughs> you're not, you know, you're not running for president. I mean, they drink too, but not <laughs> while they're speaking. Uh, and Jeffrey, just to just to make sure that we're very clear here on the Animal Farm and out there with the beloved listeners, yes, we do not endorse any assassination. That's not what we're talking about. We certainly here would never call for that. That's the last thing I want to see for hundreds of reasons. So just to be very clear and make sure no uh, you know, black ski mask dudes are knocking on my door. But, uh, Jeffrey, anything else on your mind uh, with the, all the craziness going on? Well, I've got a running bet with my buddy saying that Obama, or not Obama, but uh, um, Hillary Clinton's going to win it because if you do enough of the conspiracy research, um, you'll figure out that uh, she's probably next in line for the uh, anointment. But if yeah. Obama does get it, if Obama does get it, and I've heard Sean Haney talk about this, and if they start talking about it on Fox News or start putting it out there, there may be just a hint of truth to it. And that is, if Obama gets it, we could be seeing either Hillary or Bill as the next Supreme Justice on the Supreme Court. Oh my goodness! Well, and then there and there also is talk, and for whatever it's worth, I don't really buy it. But there also have the talk in the, in the media here and there, once in a while at least, where they say, who, you know, will Hillary be the VP if Obama gets the nominee? This whole thing, 
Uh, yeah, it seems as though they're, they are somewhat hand-in-hand. Hand. I'm not really sure about Obama and Hillary, well, but... Obama's already said that if he wins it, he's going to pay off the $20 million in debt Hillary's in right now. And what better way of, you know, securing a partnership, so to speak, than putting either Bill or Hillary on Supreme Court? Now, I ain't saying I believe it, but like I said, if you heard it on Fox News and they're hitting around about it, there's a talking point somewhere somebody's put out. Yeah, well, you know, that's terrifying. Yeah, well, it is terrifying, but my, I agree with the idea that, you know, why would these elite, why would the elite ever really fight over us? Why not just join and, and have that much more power? At the, and, of course, this is a, you know, above the, the pyramid type thinking here. It's the idea that uh, if you have all the money and there's other people that have all the money with you, why would the 1% fight it with each other? Well, there's a couple of questions there, greed and, and power, and everybody wants more than the other person, but you know, we're the ones left to suffer, the bottom of the pyramid type people. We're getting the wrath. So uh, that's interesting, Jeffrey. Uh, never actually thought of it that way. Just put it out there. You all have a good evening. All right, Jeffrey. Good stuff. Thanks again for the call. And uh, just real quick here, Ben, I, we, I wanna f this is a bit of a follow-up because we did have a show where we posed the question, what are we going to do if gas gets to 5 6 7 $8 mm -hmm. a gallon? Of course, with the diesel fuel and everything else, and just not only driving, but it affects us here at home, supermarket, yep. everything. And I do want to follow up with this. In the U.K., truckers are now protesting. Around 150 to 200 truck drivers gathered here in Marvelot in central London on Tuesday morning to protest against skyrocketing fuel. Around 150 to 200 truck drivers gathered here in Marvelot in central no. London. A bit of a repeat there. Sorry about that, folks. Skyrocketing fuel prices. The price of diesel has risen by about 30 to 35 percent over the last 12 months, and currently diesel costs about a pound 20 or a pound 30 a liter, and that roughly translates into about nine dollars a gallon. A little later on Tuesday, the truck drivers took a letter to the office of the prime minister. Think she could have picked a more noisy place to do a report. At 10 Downing Street. <laughs> And what they're I'm here at the Speedway 500. We got $10 a gallon of gasoline. Back to you, Bill. The government to do is to step in and help because they say without the government's help at this stage, many of them will be forced to go out of business. What they're asking the government to provide them with is an essential user's rebate, which is basically asking the government to lower the tax rate on fuel prices. And with yeah, just, just, just what the government wants, more people begging to, oh, please lower the gas, give us a break. That's never going to happen. But yes, truckers are now protesting, not because you know, they, they want to, obviously, because it's, it's necessity. They are losing their businesses, and this is the only way that these people know how to make money, uh, which can be said about a lot of other truckers. I mean, this is what they do. This is their profession, yeah. and you have this issue here where they have no choice but to protest because they can't afford the damn gas. Nine, spend nine dollars. A gallon. It's more than double what we're seeing right now, and we're heading towards it. This is what's happening in the UK. So there is the answer uh, to the to the question, at least in one regard. Where yes, what are we going to do? Well, in this case, truckers are protesting. So we will uh, be right back. You're listening to the Animal Farm Radio Show on We the People Radio Network. Hey, you're listening to Ben, Tony, and Pyatt on Animal Farm Radio Show. Hey, touch that dial, I'll break your f***ing head. Thank <laughs> you. 
Oh, man. Here's the difference between petty criminals and professional criminals. Petty criminals try to cover up their crime and run away from it. Yeah. Professional criminals pass laws to make their crimes legal. Yeah. <laughs> petty, petty criminals go into, like, 7-Elevens with a fake gun or, like, a bag over their hand with, you know, <laughs> yeah, a remote control for their TV. And like, give you all the money. Uh, but this is horrible. Uh, republished from the World Socialist website, FBI created war crimes file linked to the highest offices of the Bush administration. Hmm. The most stunning revelation in a 370-page uh, Justice U.S. Department Inspector General's report released this week was that agents of the Federal Bureau of Investigation had formally opened a war crimes file documenting torture they had witnessed at Guantanamo Bay, U.S. President Cap, before being ordered by the administration to stop writing their reports. They decide to write a war crimes report. They say, oh, man. We have to we have to be accountable to any type of international war crimes people may file against us. Um, and the, you know, let's I don't know what their point of, of creating it was. Maybe they were doing something right for once. I don't, I don't know. I don't know, man. But uh, they eventually were ordered to stop writing their reports. Yeah. Covered up once again. Interesting. <laughs> it's amazing. Every time they try to be, every time someone tries to hold these people responsible, the White House administration responsible, they just turn their cheek or do something crazy or oh, we lost the emails or complete rogue government yeah and welcome to the white house and it's one thing if you it doesn't affect you as a person but uh in this case we have some we had some good news about troops ben but now i have to lay on the the bad news post-traumatic stress disorder uh soars in u.s troops uh, newly diagnosed cases of ptsd amongst uh, u.s troops set to sent to iraq and afghanistan surged 46.4 percent in 2007 ben bringing the five-year total to nearly 40,000 according to U.S. military data released on Tuesday. And again, who knows? Who knows how, how if that number's even accurate? It could be more. According to Jeffrey, yeah. a lot of these numbers are skewed for the worse. The statistics, however, released by the Army show the number of new PTSD cases formally diagnosed at U.S. military facilities climbed to 13,981 last year from 9,549 in uh, 2006. So the increase is substantial there, obviously. The numbers rose as President George W. Bush poured extra forces into Iraq to try to quell sectarian violence and extend army tours from 12 to 15 months. George W. Oh, boy. The United States has also sent more forces to Afghanistan, and the figures encompassing all four branches of the U.S. Armed Services show that the Army alone had 10,000 49 new post-traumatic stress disorder cases last year. That's and great. You, cu- you couple that with all the talks about how the, the troops are not getting funding, of course, now with the whole GI Bill issue where McCain doesn't even support it. Um, the, the, again, this is, like I always say, this what kills me, this type of news about our troops. You know what? You want to screw over the people of the country? Fine. We have, we have a huge problem there. But these people are giving the ultimate sacrifice. They are trying to protect this country in their heads. They're making the sacrifices, and we're not even helping them if they return alive. Yeah. And it just it just breaks well, my heart. You know, if, you're, if you're a scumbag neocon cesspool jerk, you can go on air and you could say that we support the troops, right? but then not talk anything about this article, not talk anything about uh, the articles that we cover on the show. It's, it is right. absolutely pathetic. Yeah, and this is, and this is again, this is the reason why I want... Our callers, why I want to call up these neocons, the people that own these uh, talk shows, radio and TV alike, because this is a nonpartisan issue. Ultimately, it's nonpartisan. No, it's not Republican or Democrat. Well, it's, it's incredible. Here are the troops. Here are the troops. And here's what we're not doing for them. These people yeah. need help. They need medical attention. Can we afford it? Obviously not, because they just you know spent another hundred sixty billion dollars on the war. But yeah. uh, it's just it's mind-boggling. And this is, I think, more good information. 
to talk to someone out there who doesn't really know what's going on. Because again, this is not oh you're a liberal, you're a nutty liberal. No, I just want the troops to get to, you know get what's coming to them to be taken care of for their lives. But back to the phone once again, folks. We have Todd in Ohio. You're on the Animal Farm. What's up, Todd? Hey, how you guys doing? I'm doing well, Todd. How are you doing? Hello. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm not doing as good as I was before this weekend. Tell uh, us why. I'm the chairman of the Northeast Region of the Libertarian Party of Ohio. Okay. And uh, we have a candidate running for president that's big on the war on drugs. He's he's uh, voted for the Patriot Act and he voted for the war in Iraq. Okay. Now he's saying he doesn't like the war in Iraq anymore and doesn't like the Patriot Act anymore, but those are the same things that Hillary Clinton are saying. <clears throat> so. Yep. In the first and this, next couple this days, this is uh, Bob Bar you're speaking of, right? Bob Barr. Yes. And then we got the war candidate as his vice, Wayne Allen Root. <clears throat> so with the candidates that we have running for president, Barr, Clinton, McCain, Obama, yeah. do we mm -hmm. see any signs of the money supply report shrinking? No. Do you think the money supply is going to get smaller, or do you think they're going to continue to spend? I think all of them are going to continue to spend. I'm not sure so much about Bob Barr. He, uh, my understanding, he he does do his tough talking about uh, you know budget problems and and whatnot like that. But uh, regardless, it's we don't want somebody in there that was wrong to begin with. We want somebody that was right the entire time. And Ron yeah. Paul was right the entire time. Was never yeah, wrong probably. about a single thing. You know, Barack uh, voted against the war, and he was right about that. And we and we could give credit to him um, in that regard. But uh, Bob Barr was wrong. <laughs> He's still a socialist, yeah, but you and he's also credit where credit the, was due. You know? He's also a member of the CFR. Yes, he is He is CFR scum. Sure. Um, Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> the, other, the other question, too, uh, and again, I don't want to get back on the North American Union side of things here, but, you know, it's just talking about money supply, there's obviously many theories circulating that they're just trying to devalue the currency enough so that they can bring in the Amero, for, perhaps, and have their North American Union, which I still don't see this happening. I, I think, finally, Americans would, would come up in one voice and change it and fight it but well, I, this is obviously in the talks well i work at a bank and i was the first one to hear that they were discontinuing the m3 money supply report okay which is the largest portion of money now if they're not even telling you what they're printing obviously they're printing a lot of it right. and uh <clears throat> in order to get this north american union and this marrow what they're going to need is they're going to need a crisis and it's going to have to be a big enough crisis to where they can get what they want like a 9-11 type thing now, you think it's going to be that type of crisis or just a financial crisis, Todd? It could be this Thursday when the uh, GDP report comes out and we're known as being officially in a recession, unless they doctor up the numbers like they've been doing the past couple of years, because <clears throat> that's coming out this Thursday. And Really? Uh, yeah, and that's where the gross domestic product, that's what determines, uh, you know, if we're in a recession is their way of putting it. And I think we've been in one for the last six months. Todd, if you but, uh, would, uh, why don't you why don't you email that to us and we can go over it on the air Thursday. Yeah, I would say Todd, definitely let's definitely talk to uh, Thursday. Call in, we'll have you on, and you know, because the other thing too about us, and you know, at least for me, I'm not talking about Ben, but I don't really know much about finance. But I will say this: I've talked to a lot of people in the finance industry who have never ever heard of the Amero. They've never even heard of its existence. Because so, they went to college uh, like I did. <laughs> yeah, and fine, and fine, and you know, let Mark, you know, let the famous quote from Mark Twain be heard, where don't let school interfere with interfere with your education. Very right. good quote. Yes, and everybody should be that should be taught from day one and on. So that should be after the pledge of allegiance, if I, you know, as far as I'm concerned. But uh, right. unfortunately, yeah, yeah, they go to school and then they get into this big firm, and I'm talking big financial firms here in the tri-state area, you know, city, uh, Connecticut type stuff, and these people have never even heard of it. So. 
um, at least I have something <laughs> over those people. But yeah, let's definitely talk about it uh, on Thursday because we got to well, start, me, and we need people on. Well, let me give you something that's gonna that's gonna propel you a little bit in your knowledge. There's a website out there called UrbanSurvival.com. Okay, I'm, okay. They do a real nice weekly write-up. Read their weekly write-ups and just keep on going back and back, and <clears throat> it'll be confusing at first, but really the guys the guys a pretty plain vanilla, plain English kind of guy. Okay, Ur- UrbanSurvival.com. I got it. Right, and just to give your listeners a heads up on what you need to do, nothing's going to get better. Don't rely on the old first-generation system of government that we have here because it's already corrupt. Now, I'm not saying don't fight against it, but what I am saying is prepare yourself because if we don't wake up enough people, you got to get your four Gs in order, which are guns, grain, ground, and gold. Amen. So keep that in mind. Uh, I, I, I'm working on the four Gs. I definitely am working on it. I have to get a couple more elements there. But uh, well, silver is no, a better investment right now, anyways. I'm glad because that's, that's actually my uh, that's my that's my thing. I have a lot of silver, gold. Right, I can't afford anymore. Stash. That's my stash, Ben. Bullets have gone um, up three times the price in the last three years, so that's also a good investment. Definitely, yeah, and and for sure, and, and and once again, Todd, I'm sure you listen to the show once in a while, but we do have the forums. If there's anything else that uh, we talk about or we don't talk about that you want to let us know or and people of our listeners, uh, just go to animalfarmshow.com and the forums button's top right there. Uh, list as much as possible because again, we get so much information from our callers and our listeners that it helps us just kind of get a grasp on the the bigger picture at least. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, to, to put them in order of importance, you can't eat gold and you can't eat guns and you can't eat ground. Yeah, true. Absolutely. So, keep that. Great. Dude. Thank you very much, Todd, for the call. All right, guys. Thanks so much, Todd. Take care. All right, thank folks. you. Five one two six four six nineteen eighty four. We'll take more phone calls after the break. You are listening to the Animal Farm. Are you guys having a killer time? Chemtrails in the air, genetically modified clone processed food, poison water, radiation, and stress have reduced many of you into toxic cyber blobs. You can't go on like this, and I know you don't want to. Do yourself a favor. Do your country a favor. Be the best you can be and start taking Enerfood now. Enerfood is easy to prepare and cheaper than a cup of coffee to take every day. And speaking of coffee, Enerfood.com has the best all-organic fresh coffee ever. It's fair trade coffee infused with rainforest polysaccharides to, like Enerfood, improve your immune system and not destroy it. If coffee's not your thing, try the all-organic Cocoa Mojo. Enerfood is spelled E-N-E-R, Enerfood.com, or give them a call at 866-762-9238. Mention WTPRN and save 10%. Try Enerfood because you can't be awake when you're always falling asleep. Collectors, outdoor enthusiasts, survivalists. The Army Navy store from your memory as a child is just that, a memory. But there is still one place to find everything from gas masks to ammo cans and find it cheap. MainMilitary.com. Get hard-to-find objects like real-world blankets for under 20 bucks, canteens for just $2, or trioxane fuel for just a dollar a box. M-A-I-M-E Military.com. With free shipping on orders over $100. Not including heavy items. Find surplus items for cheap now, like 30 caliber cleaning kits for just $2.99 a piece or a dozen for $30. Flare pistols are only $25 
$25. Want to add a brand new Israeli gas mask to your collection? Kids and adult sizes are just $20. Get G3 mags for just 2 bucks or a military fuel can for only $16. And a siphon hose for another $7.99. Find it all online at mainmilitary.com. Their website is adding wholesale items all the time, like Uzi mag pouches. Get a dozen for just $36. Or Swiss rain ponchos, now for only $42 a dozen. And survival saws are just $60 a dozen. With shipping throughout the world, check out mainmilitary.com. Deadline Live and Jack Blood are proud to announce our new bookstore. Okay, it's not really our online bookstore where you can get every title, book, and DVD you hear about on our live show. It's brought to you by the people at Brave New Books. BraveNewBookstore.com is the newest, bravest, and most complete bookstore online today. And their DVD selection has all the titles you need to decode the New World Order and fight the information war. BraveNewBookstore.com has awesome t-shirts to proudly display your patriotism and liberty stickers to alert the public at large. Brave New Books is physically located at 1904 Guadalupe Street under the Chase Bank Building next to UT in Austin, Texas. So stop on by and maybe stay for one of their film showings. Go to bravenewbookstore.com now to peruse the virtual bookstore and look for the Jack Blood recommended section. Or call them at 866-516-6623. 866-516-6623 to order the books and videos you hear about on Deadline Live. Be the resistance. Tell your friends about bravenewbookstore.com. Remember, remember the 5th of November. I'm Ron Paul, and you're listening to We the People Radio Network. I love emails like this one. Mark Bailey writes, you guys rock. Also, thanks for the awesome music. Dream Theater and Queensryche are my favorites. Yes. I yeah. agree, 100%. Thank you for the email, Mark. Yeah, these got great bands. Queensryche is, is definitely, up for me, it's up there. It's a very, very... Uh, it's in a very appropriate, uh, you know, at least that one album there where, you know, you talk about so much of the, the government and what's going on there. Yeah. Great album. Operation Mind Crime, folks, uh, from Queensryche. They haven't picked it up. All right. There you go. <laughs> All right. That's for you, Mark. <laughs> I mean, if that if that music here doesn't want to make it get up and just want to run through the wall, <laughs> what does? <laughs> Got this great article uh, that had to do with uh, Todd from Ohio's call, where he was talking about a possible terror attack coming up. Uh, the article name is "Spooks Promise Terror Attack for New President." Both Clinton and Bush exploited bombings within first year of taking office. Yeah, Obama great. or McCain likely to enjoy the same opportunity. Obama! <laughs> National intelligence spooks are all but promising that history will be repeated for a third time running, and the new president of the United States, likely Barack Obama or John McCain, will be welcomed into office by a terror attack that will occur within the first year of its tenure. When the next president takes office in January, he or she will likely receive an intelligence brief warning that Islamic terrorists will attempt to exploit the transition power by planning an attack on America, intelligence experts say, according to a report in the Washington Times. Islamic terrorists bombed the World Trade Center in February 1993, and Mr. Clinton's second month as president. Al-Qaeda's September 11th came uh, came into Bush presidency's first year. The pattern is clear. Uh, to some national security experts, it is clear because how convenient whenever, though, even if it isn't, you know. Yeah, it, it's how very clear. The patterns are just crystal clear. They they get into office, they get a little terrorist attack, and they get some great ratings. It's just a new legislation. They get their ratings and they get their legislation to do what they must to start gun grabbing. Of course, in the Bill Clinton years, the Brady Bill and such, uh, lots of gun grabbing those years, and how much worse it got with yeah. uh, our current 
person in charge. I want a lot to complain. That's right. Uh, back to your phones here. Ray from Pennsylvania. Ray, it's been a long time. What's up, buddy? Hey, dudes. How are you? Uh, we're doing okay, Ray. How about you? Excellent. You know, you talk about PNAC. We must differentiate yes. between the evil PNAC and the good mm -hmm. PNAC. You okay, guys on your radio right. station have the good PNAC, and then there's right. the evil PNAC. Yep. Like anyway. It. Tell, the, tell us the difference. Go ahead. I think I know where you're going with well, I mean, the good PNAC are you, the guys that are on your radio station who are promoting liberty. The evil PNAC are like the, Bill, the, the, the crystals and the, uh, and the people at the um, New American Century thing. So, yeah. you know, yeah. once and you just control to, everybody's Just life. to clarify, because we, we do get listeners from other networks here and uh, people that aren't aware what the good PNAC is. We have the bad PNAC, which is a product for New American uh, Century written by Dick Cheney and many of the neocons. Wolfowitz, uh, boys. Basically saying we need a Pearl Harbor type of attack to usher in this new era of uh, the New World Order and right. whatnot like that. Then you have the good PNAC, which is the project for a new American citizen, citizen right. that is on the We the People radio network. Yes. That's right. Better to call them the evil PNAC. <laughs> okay. I think we're well, from, now on, from now on we have to do that because, you know, it's not enough to say PNAC because, like you said, right, good point, if there's two the different kinds. So the evil, we'll do the evil PNAC. And we'll do the, the good PNAC or the... Those evil doers. Or the, uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Well, you tell us, right? <laughs> well, I have no idea. Listen, um, when, pre President Bush, when President Bush took office in 2001, the national average for gasoline was $1.46 per gallon. I remember. Six, wow. Six and a half years later, 2007, the average was two seventy-six. That's mm -hmm. roughly, they say, about 90%, 90% higher. And then, and Connecticut, I think, was the first state. I think within a day or two, you know, that it went to four dollars, like four dollars a gallon. But the purpose, but the purpose for the call here is to say, what is the effect of war on the price of gasoline? In other words, how much more gasoline must be used or produced to support the war effort? It's yeah. production. The production has to be up. So also, it's, that's one. Con that's only one component of it. But it says it's an important one. So if we could cut back on the war, <laughs> I'm sure price of gasoline is going to drop. You take take like a tank, for instance, in the middle of the desert. How many miles a gallon do you think it gets? What three, six? <laughs> yeah, How does it fill up in the middle of the desert? Mm -hmm. You know, there's no there are no gas stations in the middle of the desert. Right. And the other question, too, is you know, does the price of a gallon of gasoline actually reflect the price of a barrel of oil? And in a lot of cases, no. We look at price gouging, and you know, we have this whole idea of, of just no proportion. And then you have people talking about peak oil, which I don't buy because you know, we have oil fields in this country that we're not even tapping right now. So well, it just, was, it's got to make you scratch your head. Where, where was oil founded in the United States? Where was the first state of the Union that had oil? Texas, Texas, I would think. Right? No, it's Pennsylvania. Aha, uh -huh, see? Oh, Titus, Titus, question. What do we know, Ben? We don't know anything. Sure, Titusville, Pennsylvania. That's where you got the... What is that? Um, oh, I forgot the name of the oil company that's out there. Oh, one of those early ones. I don't really remember what it is. George W. Yeah, George <laughs> you learn W. Oil company. Good job. Yeah, the George W. Oil Company in Titusville, Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, between between the just the Anwar and the Dakotas that they just found oil in the air, I mean, just between those two oil fields alone, it just boggles my mind how yeah. uh, we can't get at those oil fields. We can't, you know, that can't bring down the price, and we know why. But even Brazil, I mean, Brazil actually does have a lot of oil, too. So this whole idea that we're over there just for the oil is complete bulls, you know, bull, you know, what, BS. Bull crap! Yeah, I almost slipped. But, uh, it, it, that's why, and that's why when my friend called me, he asked me, he's like, you know, so why, why is it so damn expensive? And, and other expletives. 
I looked at him and I said, hey, dude, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I think I have an idea. I think I know somewhat what the plan is. But, hey, none of us really actually know. Yeah, but part of it, part of it is the market. It's not just, it's not just that, that they want to raise oil prices. It is the market because, you know, there's, a, there's, there's more of a demand for it. Yeah, you know, I, but Ray, I could, I agree with you, but if there's such a demand for oil, why can't in this country, why don't we tap our own oil fields? Therefore, we can help the American consumer. Exactly. Okay, but let me answer that question because you have the Greg Powell's article that I was talking about before. Okay, go ahead. It's, it's all about squelching how much is out there and how much exactly. is, is able to be right. gathered easily. Uh, without using more energy than is than you're taking well, out, so it's all about that. So if you if you isolate a place like Iraq and basically don't allow access to that oil there, mm-hmm. then there's going to be fewer fewer there. And if you don't drill in places like Anwar and other places, then you're not going to have access to the oil. Of course, oil's not going to. You know, there is a scarcity, but it's an artificial scarcity. Yeah, but that's well, exactly my point. My yeah. point is that if we have it here and we know it's less expensive to take oil from our own country and put it in our own country's economy as opposed to flying it or shipping it over from Iraq, why aren't we doing it? Why why can't we bring down the price of gas You know, we have oil here? It's 6. obvious. Record, record oil profits for all the oil exactly. companies. Exactly. That's just... Period. The period. You're right. You have gentlemen, people who are making gentlemen, billions, gentlemen. billions and billions and maybe trillions eventually off of this, uh, off of these prices. So, yeah, of course they're not going to want to lower the price of gas. If you're a CEO and you don't give a damn about America or the 50 states, then, yeah, of course, raise it. Make it $6 a gallon. Who gives? Who cares? It's going to go to $6. It's, it's going happen. to. I know. That, that's, and that, Ray, that's exactly why I'm freaking out, uh, and I'm trying to figure out what the next move for my own family is before I talk to my friends and try to tell them. It's like, whoa, before I do anything, let me just see if, if we're going to be secure for the next two years. This is real. This is not one of those problems like all these baby boomers think that, oh, yeah, it's bad now, but it'll get better. It always does. No, this is not a stock that just goes up and down. We control our own destiny. This is let's what's going on. We let's have get to the face government it. out of this, please. Let's just, you know, you know why, why we have a foreign policy that protects oil companies, for instance, and to ship oil from overseas. When oh, sure. Yes, sure. we can be doing it from here. No doubt about it. There's not jello no under the question. sand there, you know. There's, there's, there's definitely oil under the sand. They have something that we want. There's no doubt about it. But, yeah. you know, if we didn't want it anymore, you know, there's, yeah, there would be, yeah, there'd be a little bit more peace in the world also. Yeah. But anyway, you know. Yeah. Please, we could just keep on going. And, you know, I know, I know. The gentleman about Bob Barr and stuff like that, I'd love to have a conversation with him about it because, you know, where are we going to go and vote? Who are you going to vote for? Please tell me. Yeah, I know, I know. Who I'm not the perfect, it, so. not the perfect candidate, <laughs> but Obama, my rear end. <laughs> I think Pyatt has too much fun with that clip. What do you think? I Ray? love it. I love that clip. All uh, right, good stuff, man. Thanks for the call. As always, uh, haven't heard from you in a while, and I'm glad you, you gave us a call. Great stuff, Ray from Pennsylvania. Uh, give us a call on Thursday, folks. Animal Farm Show. Uh, plenty more when we get back. We want to talk about this secret little uh, meeting on March 13th that the uh, House of Representatives took place here. And that was sketchy. Yeah, crazy stuff. Once again, damn good stuff. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Collectors, outdoor enthusiasts. 
Survivalist. The Army-Navy store from your memory as a child is just that, a memory. But there is still one place to find everything from gas masks to ammo cans and find it cheap. MainMilitary.com. Get hard-to-find objects like real-world blankets for under 20 bucks, canteens for just $2, or trioxane fuel for just a dollar a box. M-A-I-M-E Military.com. With free shipping on orders over $100. Not including heavy items. Find surplus items for cheap now, like 30 caliber cleaning kits for just $2.99 a piece or a dozen for $30. Flare pistols are only $25. Want to add brand new Israeli gas masks to your collection? Kids and adult sizes are just $20. Get G3 mags for just 2 bucks or a military fuel can for only $16. And a siphon hose for another $7.99. Find it all online at MainMilitary.com. Their website is adding wholesale items all the time, like Uzi mag pouches. Get a dozen for just $36 or Swiss rain ponchos, now for only $42 a dozen. And survival saws are just $60 a dozen. With shipping throughout the world, check out MainMilitary.com. Chemtrails in the air, genetically modified clone processed food, poison water, radiation, and stress have reduced many of you into toxic cyber blobs. You can't go on like this, and I know you don't want to. Do yourself a favor. Do your country a favor. Be the best you can be and start taking Enerfood now. Enerfood is easy to prepare and cheaper than a cup of coffee to take every day. And speaking of coffee, Enerfood.com has the best all-organic fresh coffee ever. It's fair trade coffee infused with rainforest polysaccharides to, like Enerfood, improve your immune system and not destroy it. If coffee's not your thing, try the all-organic Cocoa Mojo. Enerfood is spelled E-N-E-R, Enerfood.com, or give them a call at 866-762-9238. Mention WTPRN and save 10%. Try Enerfood because you can't be awake when you're always falling asleep. It's progressing, and it's only a short time until it's completely taken over every aspect of your life. We are entering martial law. There are ten telling signs of martial law. America has them all. Use the short time left to protect you and your family with the vital information in this book. Find this infobomb online in book form at survivemartiallaw.com. This book will tell you everything you need to know and how to prepare. Know exactly what you'll need to have hidden to live and how to survive under severe martial law. The worst part of martial law is in the beginning stages. SurviveMartialLaw.com will show you how to act around controlling troops, where to store life-saving supplies, and what to look for. Surviving can be difficult, but possible. Arm yourself with the knowledge, as this is the only weapon you will have to protect your family. Go to S-U-R-V-I-V-E-M-A-R-T-I-A-L-L-A-W.com or call 608-819-8011. Act today, as there will be no warning. Great host, great topics, brief speech at its best. This is We the People Radio Network. So often on this show, we talk about problems, of course. We try to bring them up in a lighthearted type of way, but failing miserably sometimes. But nonetheless, we talk about issues and we try to talk about blame, who's responsible. And often what happens is we have to talk about the people in this country who are so-called, to us, slaves. You know, people who still have their McCain stickers on their car, or the Bush stickers, and people who are at these McCain rallies cheering for him. You have to ask yourself... You know, these people are going to get what's coming to them if this guy gets elected. It's almost as though they want it. And oh, a yeah. lot of times, it, I, I honestly believe to myself, Ben, that 
these people know what's in store. They know that there's going to be worse terror attacks and more issues, but they still root for the wrong party anyway. I mean, this is we're at the point now, and I want to play this John McCain clip to illustrate what I'm trying, what point I'm trying to make here. But you have another heckler here, and he's he's saying endless war, not end the war, but endless, as though it's never going to end yet. Evil, and he's yeah, of course you're a heckler and. During a John McCain speech, endless war. He keeps chanting it, and then he stops, and the people start chanting John McCain. And I'm just thinking to myself, they want endless war because that's exactly what John McCain is basically promising them underneath the cup. He said it, you know, many times. Mm-hmm. This guy can see us in there for 100 years. You know, it's not going to end, even though the recent promises came out where 2013, yada yada yada, is going to be out of the war. But we know what John McCain's about. And just listen to this. This is just crazy. 45 years ago, President John Kennedy. Ask the American people to imagine what the world would look like if nuclear weapons spread beyond the few powers that then held them to the many other nations that sought them. Stop and think for a moment, he said, what it would mean to have nuclear weapons in so many hands, in the hands of countries large and small, stable and unstable. You know, you know, oh, man. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm saying. This, we have, we have a nation of people. In a world, in, in a world, John McCain, 3 a.m. gets the phone call. The Taliban attack. It's just, it's, we have a, a nation of sheeple. Who, who refuse to look outside the paradigm, who refuse to look past the stupid parties that they've sworn their loyalty to, not realizing that they have a country in front of them, not a party, uh, which is infinitely more important, infinitely more important. So, you know, again, Ben, I have to bring this question up. Who is at fault? If you let someone come into your house... George W. Thank you, George. If you let someone come into your house, Ben, and take advantage of you or harm you or your family members, who's at fault if you yeah. don't try to defend yourself? Yeah. And you well, have- it goes into what we were talking about uh, last week, you know, where we we, we can uh, piss and moan about the New World Order and how evil they are and everything, but what what does it say about us letting them do this? I know. And, and, you know and, 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 of course, there's the other issue where you have so many people who are of you know, maybe the, the the 50 and older crowd who, you know, you, it's, some people say you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Bull, that's that's complete BS, okay? Because uh, my family and I, oh, at, at dinner table, we always talk about politics you know, once in a while. And, and you know, we do. We, we learn from each other, and they look up stuff, and I'm proud of how everybody's kind of looking into things and paying a little bit more attention than they used to because this yeah. is the idea. As they were growing up, they didn't think too much about politics. They had so much going on. So, uh, you know, that we're in this type of, of time now where we really need to start paying attention. And unfortunately, you still have people just so consumed by the system and so dependent on the, what they have been taught since day one that, yeah, you got people cheering for John McCain. And folks, if you think John McCain would make a good president, you call us right now, 512-646-1984. I will give you as much time as you need to state your points. I will give you the rest of the show, in fact, as long as you don't uh, use obscenity. So there it is, Ben. So I'm going to turn it over to you. I don't think <laughs> I'm getting so. hot, man. <laughs> well, you know, you have the uh, the McCainiacs out it's there. Crazy! I, I can't believe it. Uh, I'm Yeah. But, you know, you also have the Barack Obama people out there and the yeah. Hillary Clinton people you know, out there that are just as psychotic and crazy. 
And they'll sit there and they'll go on all, all day about how great Obama is and how great the UN is and how we need to be yeah, in there. Yeah, but I know. I could understand, to... I could understand that more than people rooting for McCain though, Ben. For, for a number of reasons. Yeah, I, I do. I do. I understand. But, but, but the notion of, of, you know, everybody loving the United Nations. And if you talk right, about getting I know. out of the United Nations, you're, you're, right. a, you're a hardcore radical extremist. You're a Timothy McVeigh. You're going to, uh, blow up a building or some crap like that. But then this article comes out, six-year-olds sexually abused by UN peacekeepers. Uh, it's from the London Telegraph. Yeah, sexual abuse of children as young as six by aid workers and United Nations peacekeepers uh, has continued unchecked despite repeated promises to stamp it out according to a 12-month investigation. More what? Than half of the children interviews in three countries, Ivory Coast, South Sudan, and Haiti, knew of cases of forced sex with aid staff or peacekeepers, the assaults were often in return for very, uh, for the very food or protection supposed to be provided for the vulnerable in a crisis. How come that always oh seems God. to happen? How come the people that are supposed to be doing their job to prevent such, you know, harmful actions mm-hmm. are the ones that are, you know, perpetrating it? So, well, you know, one of the things that Alan Watt had talked about, and we had him on the show Thursday, and uh, got a lot of positive feedback. Oh, great, from that great, show. great show. Uh, it was a great interview as well. But you know, he made such a great point about the United Nations, uh, about how. So many laws in this country, almost every single law in this country has to do with the United Nations and literally came from the United Nations and how they have precedent over our lawmakers and there's international law that takes precedence over the United States law. Right. But none of these people were elected by Americans. Right. Yet we all bowed to, to, to them yeah. and, you know, they're, they're our gods. And uh, the United Nations is just such a, a great place that it's, it's, it's incredible. It's, it goes into the whole thing of we love our slavery. You yeah, know, that's exactly it. The McCainiacs are out there. Yeah. <laughs> chanting McCain. McCainiacs. And yeah. What are you going to do? The McCainiacs are coming Yeah. Well, people, uh, some people just inherently believe that the UN is a good thing and that they are a peacekeeping organization. I mean, I like the, I like the concept of yeah. the UN. So do I. International bodies getting together, talking, talking. about what they could do uh, for each other and things like that. But when you pass international laws that supersede federal government and even supersede state government laws uh, and local and county laws. That is uh, is horrible. And you'll you'll hear all these liberals out there going crazy, oh, democracy, democracy this, democracy that. And the United Nations people were never elected. we got to dig up that Glenn Beck clip when he talks about how they changed the G.I. Joe slogan, like instead of government issue, yes. global entity, force, you know, fighter, <laughs> something like that. And he goes ape on it. And it's, it was all U.N. propaganda in a cartoon, no less. So, yeah, I mean, at a very young age, they're doing exactly what they did but yeah, that's to what, our parents. That's what he goes into with, uh, with Happy Feet. You sure. know how Happy Feet, the... It was the evil. Uh, it was the evil humans uh, warming up the entire world and, yep. and melting all the glaciers where all the penguins were living. So they, uh, in turn, went to the United Nations and uh, the penguin went to the United Nations and tried to get the United Nations to help pass international laws so these stupid humans and these stupid right. Americans couldn't pollute the air anymore. But you know, in reality, they would have molested the penguin. Or sold the, the penguin on the black market. I guess or, so. Or maybe, yeah. <laughs> so, yes, we could do this. We could make the human stop uh, polluting and, and global warming. Let's sure. just uh, quickly have sex. Well, okay. There you go. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for Paya to complete this. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, uh, I mean, uh, at the very you surface. Are my bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy, yes. Oh, scuttle the kitties out of the room, folks. This is the Animal Farm Show, 512-646-1984, as close to, as, as close to uncensored as you can get, I suppose. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Ben, I don't know. I guess they're getting them at the young age with all these, you know, these nice little Pixar films and, 
you know, they're so influential over the kids, and yeah, robbing them of their intellect. And again, not that global warming isn't a problem and an issue. I, th- I first of all, I actually believe it is. They got websites out there telling them when they should die. Or that's, yeah, exactly. Showing <laughs> blood and splattered peg gouts <laughs> all over a cartoon bar. And what, what, what's, what's that organization that they say, you know, we should just all die because we're over- overpopulating the earth? I have to dig it up. We talked about it two weeks man. ago. But more importantly, getting off this, uh, households closed session to discuss surveillance bill. This is, I think, uh, extremely alarming. And yes. Another thing that will fall in the memory hole will not be talked about because of some celebrity that's about to overdose or something. But the House on Friday approved a Democratic bill that would set rules for the government's eavesdropping on phone calls and emails inside the United States. The bill approved as lawmakers departed for a two-week break faces a veto threat from President Bush. The margin of House approval was 213 to 197, largely along party lines. Because of the promised veto, the vote has no impact at all, said Republican Representative Roy Blunt, what a name, of Missouri. The president's main objection is that this bill does not protect from lawsuits telecommunications companies that allowed the government to eavesdrop on their customers without a court's permission after September 11, 2001, terrorist attacks. White House spokesman Tony Fratto called the measure a political ploy designed to give Democrats cover for their failure to grant full retroactive immunity to the telecom companies, God forbid. But what's alarming about this whole thing is that there was a secret session I, you know, it's 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 un- it's unfathomable. Uh, it happened only one, uh, one six times, six in times the, in history. I think. History of the United States, a closed secret session. Yeah, Jack Blood covered this in depth. I'll talk about this actual meeting when we get back. But Jack Blood had a great show today, wonderful show. Uh, so I would suggest all people check it out. When we get back, we're going to talk about this issue and get phone calls once again. Animalfarmshow.com is the website. We shall return. Thank you. I haven't felt tension like that since I got stuck in an elevator with Pat Buchanan and RuPaul. Hi, neighbor. We all know that knowledge is power. We've tried to give you knowledge to help you prepare for rough times. There's the worldwide famine and our country's dependence on often dangerous food imports. You know about genetically poisoned food. Two-thirds of the food is disappearing with the bees along with huge crop failures from all-time record water shortages. You know they're turning food into fuel with corn ethanol plants. If we do not control our food, food will be used to control us. Food control has been the plan historically in every enslaved population and is the plan for America. The only value of the knowledge you have to take control of your food is if you choose to get a supply while you still have the freedom to choose. Call 800-409-5633 on the web, efoodsdirect.com. Call 800-409-5633. Everyone knows how the 9-11 disaster touched them directly. On May 11, 2008, every American citizen will begin the slow road to a national identity crisis. Every citizen, young and older, facing the Real ID federal mandate. After 5-11 this year, you will endure the indignities of TSA checkpoints at airports with demands for adequate IDs. Imagine one year from now being barred from entering a postal office or other federal buildings if you don't have your passport or Real ID. Since when have you ever needed a passport to fly from one city to the next in the U.S.? If Real ID prevails, you risk being cast as a terrorist if you can't provide an ID with a biometric face scan. Trusting motor vehicles authorities may be a thing of the past, but they put your personal information up for sale to those willing to buy your name, your address, your picture, or anything else ascribed to your driver's license. 
Your information will be funneled into an insecure centralized database. Our hackers and identity thieves can prey on you and your information. Worst of all, the federal government demands that you and your state pay to implement Real ID. The multi-billion dollar implementation stands to double the cost of your local IDs. It may not stop there. This federal mandate may take from other social program funding, like education, public arts, and other state-funded programs. Digimark, L1 Technologies, Veritech, and other Department of Homeland Security contractors walk away with a huge paid contract. What will you have? They promise freedom through security. If a hacker can walk off with your virtual driver's license, are you really safe? The 511 campaign is here to support you and your state legislators in a move to block the progress of this unconstitutional act. Please add your voice and actions to stop Real ID in its tracks. Please join the first 511 campaign committee meeting Sunday, May 11th at 3 p.m. at Brave New Books to help organize in Austin, Texas. For more information on 511 campaign and the Real ID, please visit beatthechip.org. Jack Blood. Catch Deadline Live from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday, right here on We the People Radio Network. WTPR. candidate has just come from Washington, where he refused last night to attend a secret session of Congress. Welcome to Democracy Now! Uh, thank you, Amy. I uh, also, uh, yesterday on the floor of the House, spoke in support of the winter soldiers from Iraq and Afghanistan and what they're doing, I think, is so important here in Silver Spring. Well, talk about what happened. Only the sixth time in history did uh, Congress, in a sense, go dark. C-SPAN went black, the screen. Right. Well, uh, the one of the Republican leaders uh, said that he had some secret information that he had to communicate with the rest of Congress. And uh, so he uh, asked the Congress to go into secret session. Uh, I went to the floor of the House in that preliminary session and pointed out that this hasn't happened uh, but five times in 182 years. And I said that there should be a very high bar that has to be passed before... Uh, we go into secret session. As soon as I said that, the uh, member of Congress who asked for it started to backpedal a little bit. It'll be interesting to see uh, what kind of uh, gravity came out of that meeting. My guess is that it had more to do with the desire of the administration to try to push for the passage of the uh, Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act than it had to do with any um, uh, compelling new information about national security. The and that's the unmistakable voice of Dennis Kucinich, of course, Democrat of Ohio, um, hero. Yeah, he's one of my favorite persons in the whole world. Yeah. Uh, you know, so there you go. And and once again, this is out of UAFF.us. This is an interesting coverage of this particular issue where it's titled, As America Collapses, U.S. Government Secret Plans Revealed. Seems to be some confusion about how many times it's happened, but I'll read the article and we'll talk about it. On March 13, 2008, there was a secret closed-door meeting of the United States House of Representatives in Washington. In the history of the United States, this is where the confusion is, this is only the fourth time a secret meeting was held by the House. So I think Dennis thought it was the fifth time, and the woman from Democracy Now! thought it was the sixth. Either way... Uh, we'll move on here. Maybe we can get the answer. I'll Even probably though go with them over this, maybe it's a law or lie. I take four. You take three. <laughs> Even though representatives are sworn to secrecy by House Rules 17, some of the members were so shocked, horrified, and furious 
and concerned about the future of America by what was revealed to them inside the secret meeting that they had uh, have started to leak the secret information to independent news agencies around the world. Now, again, you've you got to take this, this uh, story and this website with a grain of salt. I mean, I, I don't know if this is all true, but it, it's probably worth mentioning. Yeah. Uh, what was revealed, and I'll read some of the things that are, were apparently... If I may, just... Go ahead. You know, sure. When talking about things like this, you, you, you really should just... Double check all your sources. Oh, never, never just no assume question. that stuff like this is real. You know, from a journalistic standpoint, and we're definitely not journalists on this show, but no. you should always confirm your your uh, sources twice over before before you know putting out. Oh, hundred percent, Ben. I mean, I, I tell everybody, yeah. don't listen to me. I don't. You know, doesn't Absolutely. matter what I know. It, it shouldn't make any difference in your life what I am telling you or what I know to be true in my own brain. Yep. We're just trying to get information out, and this could be true. It could be uh, complete BS. I mean, you know, hopefully we'll find out more, but it's something to think about. Yeah, I can't read it. There's no, there's no words on it. <laughs> That's right, Bill. And, uh, you know, look, they had a secret door meeting. We know that. We don't know what was discussed because, hey, it was secret. But yeah. apparently what's being leaked is are the following things. And, again, check it for yourself. Don't listen to me. But the imminent collapse of the U.S. economy to occur sometime in late 2008, the imminent collapse of the U.S. government finances sometime in mid-2009. The possibility of civil war inside the United States as a result of the collapse. And I'll read one more. The advanced roundups of insurgent U.S. citizens likely to move against the government. Now, even if this is not something that was actually physical or literally leaked, you know, in other words, let's say no, this was never mentioned in the secret meeting. Mm -hmm. This is reality if things get worse and worse and worse. Eventually, humans will have to revolt. Yeah. It's just human nature. Yep. We can't take this anymore. So, yes, the economy is probably going to collapse at this rate, I think, sometime in the next two to three years. So the first uh, the first little thing here is somewhat true, no matter what. So uh, any more information about this, and this is, once, once again, Dan uh, sent this to us. So thank you, Dan. Um, I mean, we, well, do, yeah. we, we know that we have continuity of government plans out there. Uh, most sure. recently, the executive branch created the continuity of government plans uh, that they have and wouldn't even show Congress uh, in regards to it. So maybe that that was one of the... Uh, possible secret meetings that he wanted. Maybe somebody wanted to know what the continuity of government plans were because the executive branch literally, uh, ballsiest move in the world, said, no, we're not going to show you the continuity government plans that we have, which are yeah. so essential um, because what? they just basically violate every single part of the Constitution. That's what it is. I mean, turn it into toilet paper and start it, rounding people up left and right. Same. As if yeah. we don't have enough friggin' secrecy in, the, in this government, we need more. We need open secrecy to have you know closed door meetings where no no press is allowed. Nobody can find out what these people, these yeah. SOBs, Incredible. are talking about in many cases. And you know who the insurgent U.S. citizens are going to be. You of know, course, be you, you and me, you and I, and Pius. It's going to be Pius. George W. Mm. And Pius is going to be like, I just play sound clips, and they're going to be like, yeah. No, <laughs> they made me do bad. it. <laughs> <laughs> they made me do it. Oh boy, you, know. you can take me, but you will never take my bunghole. Yeah, well. <laughs> And, and, you know, we've, we've had a couple interns in here. We've had a couple of people working with us, and not for us, but with us along the ways, and we've scared a couple of people away. Because, yeah, I mean, this, the information here, even if you don't believe it, it's not for the faint of heart. I mean, oh, yeah. we're not talking about, hey, Obama and McCain were talking and, and arguing on TV. <laughs> this, is not, this is not your father's politics. These are not the issues that you're going to hear on CNN Situation Room with Wolf Blitzer. Yeah, this, no. is, this is serious crap. This well, is you know, kick down your door type of crap. Uh, yeah, because, you know, and it's just the motivation here. The motivation is not to, you know, it's not like drama. It's like, oh, God, this is like college and high school. We're, we don't care about drama. We just want to make sure that our government is not following the history of hundreds of governments uh, in, in the past history of human beings. So, you know, we're, we're, the questions are always there. And if nothing else, even if this is complete bunk, 
uh, we're just asking the question to you folks. And, you know, I would have missed this if it wasn't sent to us. I mean, I would have checked out the Huffington, Huffington Post article, which just talks about FISA and how Bush might veto it, and it's all about that. We don't know, but we do know that uh, from a from a from an American standpoint, Ben, things are getting worse. I mean, there's really no debate there. Even if you're a wealthy person, you have to recognize it. So, yeah. uh, you know, we ask questions and we try to find out answers. So, once again, thanks for the support and thanks for the emails that we received because now they're really it's it's becoming more and more we have a lot of people now really engaging and that's that's basically the point of our show get people involved man. yeah mm-hmm. so i appreciate that i do too yeah article out of the associated press believe it or not and this is the uh this is uh, matt apuzo who wrote this <laughs> and the headlines very surprising government now declaring u.s residents enemy combatants Oh, my God. Out of Washington. If his cell were at Guantanamo Bay, the prisoner would be just one of hundreds of suspected terrorists detained offshore where the U.S. says the Constitution does not apply. But Ali Saleh Kala Almari is a U.S. resident being held in South Carolina military brig. He is the only enemy combatant held on U.S. soil. That makes his case very different. Almari's Mari's capture six months ago might be the Bush administration's biz- biggest domestic counterterrorism success story. Authorities say he was an al-Qaeda sleeper agent living in middle America, researching poisonous gases and plotting a cyber attack. To justify holding him, the government claimed a broad interpretation of the president's wartime powers, one that goes beyond warrantless wiretapping or monitor banking transactions. Government lawyers told federal judges that the president can send military into U.S. neighborhood, capture a citizen, and hold him in prison without charge indefinitely. Oh, Ben, there's so this much police a, state news. No. Very dangerous precedent we're standing here. Yeah. I have three major police state-related articles here. We have one here. Uh, unmarked chopper patrols New York City from high above on a cloudless spring day. The New York Police Department now. Uh, helicopter. They have helicopters soaring over the city. It's sights set on the Statue of Liberty. A dramatic close-up of Lady Liberty's frozen gaze fills one of the three flats from computer monitors. They have, so basically, I'm going to round it up because I want to move on, but they have these things that are just these choppers unmarked patrolling New York City. And granted, it's NYPD, but it is, um, you know, unmarked. And, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the more we have the surveillance team. No numbers, no identification. No, none at all. Literally, like, 1984. Literally, like, Orwell's 1984. You look out the window, you see the shady black helicopter hovering outside of your window. When are we going to... When are we going to stand up to this? Unbelievable shops this is now. Pathetic. The whole country shot. And and just, just, to, just to prove that we are seeing correlations between what's going on in the UK and over here. Now we over here in uh, San Francisco shops uh, now track customers via their mobile phones. Signals given off by their mobile phones now allow shopping centers to monitor how long people stay and which stores they visit. Customers wow. in shopping centers are having their every move tracked by a new type of surveillance that listens in on the whisperings of their mobile phones. Now, you can argue and say, well, boy, this is not a police state. It's just, it's just commercial uh, venues here. Fine, but it's still illegal. I mean, these people are surveilling us while we're shopping. And, yeah, I know it's valuable data. I know it's I- invaluable to find out if I'm in the sports section or the women's panties section. But, geez, this is getting crazy now. Yeah. Um, the device cannot access personal details about a person's identity or contacts, but privacy campaigners express concern about potential intrusion should the data fall into the wrong hands. That's the other thing. What about the hackers? You know, this is not just, uh, you know, benign. This, this can be a lot worse. And everything we do now, as much as I love my mobile phone, Ben, I'm starting to think twice about it. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, so one more here now, and this is another thing, obviously Memorial Day just passed, and I literally, Ben, I didn't even drive during Memorial Day weekend because I was so afraid, you know, so to speak, about all these campaigns now. We're the cops. If you were driving drunk, we will find you, and yeah. you will get a ticket. Cop it. 
Topsky about tickets to save lives. No, Topsky about tickets to make money for the department and because of insurance problems. But well, you know the the whole Connecticut thing. Click it or ticket. Yeah, exactly. Right now, it's like, whoa, it's horrible. What, what are you telling me? I'm I'm an American. I'm an American at heart. You're there to serve and protect me. Fine. Yeah. Drunken driving is wrong. But now, in the first time in Illinois, they have a no refusal DUI program. This is disgusting. For the first time in Illinois, police are refusing to take no for an answer this Memorial Day weekend in a campaign to catch drunk drivers. The state attorney's office and Peoria uh, Police Department will not allow people to refuse sobriety testing. This is Nazi Germany. Uh, Where are your papers? Wow. They're going to hold you down. They're going to shove a breathalyzer down your throat and make you do that. Unbelievable. Disgusting Un- is that. Unbelievable. And, and of course, like always, then, once we get to the really crazy news, we're out of time. We're going to talk more about police state on Thursday. We're going to announce some new guests, and we will have Laura Lye on Tuesday of next week, not Thursday. So just hang on there, folks. For Ben Pyeth and Tony Pax, Animal Farm saying... Oh, my God. The scent in our government is as American as apple pie. Folks, we'll see you on Thursday. Thanks for listening. Stop being a lambing. <laughs>